What's up, everything? The NHL is up in arms over Tom Wilson's actions on Monday night. Just kidding, they've done nothing. But fans are debating the merits of the Department of Player Safety while we're thinking even deeper. We'll talk about the chaos for over 90 minutes, the maximum allowable under the CBA, before moving on to happier stories like David Backus's heartwarming retirement and the Blues quenching of playoff berth. Are they a good team? We'll have to discuss that ahead, so let's get started and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It is Friday, May 7th, and what a week it has been. Stephen, may the 7th be with you. Right. I am joined tonight by fully vaccinated Ian Peters, FVIP. You can't touch me. You. you can't touch That's me. That's right. Well, you know, you gotta wait two weeks. A lot a lot of different diseases can get to well, me, but not true. COVID-19 still, 99% of the time. Still vulnerable as hell to yellow fever. <laughs> COVID-19, you're, you're pretty good. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to record on, uh, what was it, Wednesday? And mm-hmm. you got run over by the Moderna truck, oh, so how man. are you feeling now? Wednesday, I thought was the worst of it, and then yesterday happened, and it was. <laughs> got it, I yeah, mean, got worse. I was gonna say it was terrible, but I'm I've had the flu before, so it feels like you have the flu minus, which feels weird, minus like the Anything coughing and the sneezing. Yeah. So it's like you just have the chills. You just oh, ache. you did have a headache, right? Yeah, you just kind of have that whole thing where it's like uh, I feel like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I just laid down and watched the first Iron Man last night and passed out. Mm. The first Iron Man, great movie, great, very solid. One yeah. of the better, probably the underappreciated uh, mm. end of the Marvel spectrum. It's pretty crazy. This summer when we go through all of them one at a time, that's going to be quite oh a yeah, treat. one at a time, baby. I can't wait to get to Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh baby, for sure. I have watched that before. <laughs> it will be a rewatch for me. Uh, folks, there's a lot of hockey to talk about tonight. So much. The Blues, honestly, probably going to take a little bit of a backseat on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Steven, we, will they make the playoffs? I, I God, I hope. I mean, yes. They, yeah. Fifth, I'm 50 Even <laughs> What do they need? One point? At yeah, this something point? like that. It was weird because they were saying Arizona had to do the losing now. Yeah. When they played LA and I was like, aren't Arizona's, like, or the other way, they had to do the winning and I was yeah. like, aren't you oh, supposed to I be losing? I was so confused because I kept hearing that and I was like, you're wrong. Arizona yeah, needs yeah. to lose. Arizona needs to lose. And then they explained, figured it out. Uh, I have a. We're, we're recording this part of this podcast before tonight's Vegas game starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll record whatever we need to record during or after it. Uh, I have a, a recurring nightmare that this podcast this week isn't going to be very good because I'm so angry. It's not going to follow any sort of logical. That's what everyone's favorites I, I hope. Though I are. hope people. I really hope that's true. I want to I want to outline three people groups. That's not an appropriate phrase <laughs> for whom this podcast will be very uncomfortable. That's not an appropriate sentence. First, Tom Wilson. If you're Tom Wilson and you're listening to this podcast, not for you. Yeah, probably we, tune out. If you would like to pay to rehabilitate your image amongst uh, mediocre regional 
NHL podcasts. We will allow that, but it will be for a fine much more severe than you gave, you received from the Department of Player Safety. Which brings us to people group number two. <laughs> if you're George Peros and you're listening to this episode, not for you. Not, you just want to, you know what? Yeah, I know that you usually think you can find people for speaking their mind, but we are protected by the First Amendment, which they don't even have in Canada, Ian. <laughs> you can't we, say whatever you George, want. George, in America, we've got a little thing we like to call freedom. And so we're going <laughs> to speak about you. However we damn well please. And third and finally, I I think, honestly, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. For me, this podcast is going to be very uncomfortable for the crowd of people that still thinks fighting holds a vital place in the National Hockey League and in modern day hockey. Uh, because in my eyes... As that's like the that's kind of the centerpiece of this whole thing, mm. and the, everything else that has built this giant crap storm that's built around it is coming from that block, and nobody's getting down to that block and challenging that because they never do in hockey. But we'll get there. But where do we start on this, Ian? Do we do we just talk about the incident? Everybody knows the incident, yeah. right? But we can talk about it. We so can outline it. We Monday night it was Monday night, right? Or was it Tuesday? It was Monday, Monday. night. Yeah. Uh, everyone's seen the clip by now. Shortly after losing his mind over a penalty call, Tom Wilson, who is a psychopath and a predator, grabbed uh, Pavel Buchnevich in the crease once the whistle had blown, took him down to the ice, and then with his stick positioned under Buchnevich's throat, delivers at least one punch to the back of Buchnevich's head. As the referee uh, delivers four hard, loud blasts on his whistle to indicate that play should stop, play did not stop, clearly. Um... Strom, Dylan Strom, Ryan Strom, Ryan Strom <laughs> came over to pull him off, uh, and Wilson desperately grabbed onto the collar of Buchnevich in order to not be removed. When he finally let go, he threw a furious punch at Strom that missed, I believe, or didn't make solid contact. At that point, Artemi Panarin came over to try and keep a psychopath from injuring his entire team. This is a very unbiased, completely straightforward... Yeah, Steven. Artemi Panarin jumped. Well, jump, Tom yes. To, uh, all 5'10, 160 <laughs> of Artemi Panarin jumped on 6'4, 240 Tom Wilson. Um, Wilson uh, delivered several punches to Panarin's head. It seemed to run. It seemed to me that he was intentionally trying to remove Panarin's helmet, but that's speculation. Wilson then slammed Panarin into the ice violently head first. Uh, that much didn't seem to be in dispute. Some claim via slow-mo that he grabbed his hair. To me, it sure looks like he grabbed his Panarin's hair or his horse collar or something. Mm. Something bad. Something that you wouldn't want to grab to drive someone to the ice. But in either case, uh, the NHL said they couldn't find concrete evidence that he did, uh, but clearly... They didn't see the play at all, given that they only delivered a $5,000 slab on the wrist. So I don't know if I really care what they did or didn't see, um, because they didn't see the play, same play I did. At the very least, Wilson slammed Panarin into the ice, continued to deliver punches to the face of a helmetless and prone man half his size, then shoved a bent over Panarin back into the ice face first, mounted him when Panarin was belly down on the ice and continued to deliver punches. Two referees, and I think all of both teams, are at this point trying to break out the scrum, and Wilson is finally dragged away. In the box, Wilson smiles and flexes like the simian moron that he is. And uh, I believe is removed 
from the period for a misconduct, but not a game misconduct because I believe he later scored an empty net goal. Oh, God. So he was not even charged all of this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, everyone knows that after all the furor from the Rangers and the post-game press conference... Uh, and everything else that went on, all the all the talk about what went on in the league by this by the point uh, that the suspension, the, <laughs> not the suspension, that was the problem. By the point that the fine was announced, we knew that Panarin uh, would not be playing the rest of the season. Which, granted, I think was only three games, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't matter. As the people will say, it matters, but it sure doesn't. Um, and Wilson received the $5,000 uh, fine, the maximum allowable by the collective bargaining agreement, for his play against Pavel Bujnevich in the game Monday night. Uh, and that was, well, that wasn't the end of, of the story, really. It involved the Rangers clearing out their front office, uh, which no one will convince me wasn't a direct result of this, even mm. if it was somewhat in the works already. There's The timing is inarguable that it had something to do with this. The Rangers uh, released a statement, which I will have to look up here, um, which was my favorite part of this whole thing. Um, there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin, and that's that's why I'm worried a little bit about the podcast because it's like, are we going to cover everything I want to cover? We're probably not because I've had so many thoughts over the last week. Here's the Rangers statement, first and foremost. Um, The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. I love, by the way, putting in Madison Square Garden there just to flex that you're the team that plays in Madison (laughs) Square Garden. If this was like... Uh, the Lightning, they wouldn't have put Emily Arena in there, you know? That's just a flex on it being MSG, for sure. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing the rest of this season. Uh, We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety George Peros and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. For that statement, the Rangers were fined $250,000. And uh, for anyone keeping track at home, that was a penalty 50 times more severe than the uh, penalty to... um, whatever, Tom Wilson. So everyone knows this here in St. Louis, but it's uh, inconceivable how many times Tom Wilson has been involved in these scenarios. I went through and watched a list of his nine most questionable hits. I forgot that before he got the Sunquist suspension, he had had two other suspended hits against the Blues in the preseason. I really? He hurt Robert Thomas one time or hit him. I don't know if that was a suspension or a fine, but he was punished for it in some capacity. And then there was somebody else like Barbashev or... I don't know. Didn't he have three suspensions within like the period of a year? Yeah. Well, he had the one in the playoffs for dislocating Zach Aston Reese's jaw. That's right. Um, he had like four hits in those playoffs that all should have been suspensions, long suspensions, but weren't because it's the playoffs. And, you know, who cares if players get injured in the playoffs? Um, 
Where do you start? What what do you what do you, where where do you even start with this? I don't know. Man. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a mess of a podcast. I don't know if this is jumping. I'm not gonna jump crazy far ahead, but it's, it feels like I'm starting in the middle. Jump wherever you want. We're gonna go so, all over the place. <laughs> it's gonna be an hour. <laughs> it's an hour. Um so there's two Jack Flaherty just hit a 416 foot home run. I love. Is the... he allowed to do that? Yeah, I love when pitchers hit home runs too. They always have to take a very dignified run around the bases and just look straight forward so that they can't be accused of celebrating on their opposition. You know, too yeah. much. I'm just a regular occurrence. I do this all the time. I remember seeing a Wainwright home run. Didn't he? Wasn't he like a decent hitter for being a pitcher? Am I wrong? Uh, who? Wayne Wainwright? Yeah, yeah, has historically been a very good Because I was like, I remember watching him hit a home run. I was like, that's a real home run. That's not just some Yeah, he clunker. hit a couple. Um, it's those long arms. They got a lot of torque. So, yeah. with the Tom Wilson thing, with anything in, in hockey, there's like two ways hockey has traditionally handled um, these things in terms of like punishing someone, let's say. In terms of punishment. Back in the day, it used to be you hurt, you know, Tom Wilson hurts a Rangers player. Next game, Wednesday night's game, um, a Rangers player is going to hurt a Capitals player. That's how it went. Or Tom Wilson was going to face caved in by some some goon that the Rangers had. That's how it would have happened even, what, like 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as, you know, as, as recent as that. So that's one way to handle it. You say, you know what, we're going to let the players handle it. They police themselves. That's what they're doing. But... The NHL has moved away from that. You may say you want it to be that way, but the NHL has clearly said, nope, that's not what we're doing. They have the Department of Player Safety, which I don't even know how long that's existed. Not that long, I don't think, or at least it hasn't been to the forefront of everyone's, you know, or like this topic for a long time. Which I guess makes sense, because before, in the before times, no one cared about player safety. Uh, you know, concussions were invented in the mid-2000s, and then uh, we started talking about it. So you either have... <laughs> players police themselves which they're not doing this anymore or you have the department of player safety that does the policing they hand out the punishments punishment needs to fit the crime crime fits the punishment that's what they're going to do the problem is the department of player safety doesn't hand out punishments that fit the crime almost ever like quite honestly i'd say it's 50 50 but it's not it's Mm -hmm. definitely less than that it's definitely more like a 30 70 they spin the wheel we all know the meme they spin the wheel and you get what you get so they don't do they don't hold up their end of the bargain. So then players go, well shit, I guess I gotta do I guess we gotta go back to the policing thing. But the NHL says no, you cannot police yourselves. They go out and they say, We are not gonna allow you guys to just go run amok. I 2011, mean, by the way. Okay, perfect. So, so exactly when we sort of came a decade, on. Yeah. It's existed. And it's and it's been shit the whole time. It's been complete it's never shit. Never been good. Yeah, it's terrible. The only time it arguably ever got close to doing what it should do is the final Rafi Torres suspension, and that happened after like four other suspensions. <laughs> and it's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea, but it's not being used in the way that it needs to be used. That department is a failure of a department. It's it's that's ironic that it's the department of player safety because they just don't seem to give a shit and and i know we'll talk about this later we'll probably talk about a bunch is the fact that 
you can only find we know you can only find some guy five thousand dollars maximum allowed in the cba agreement that's what the players agreed to that's what the owners agreed to everyone's agreed to that so apparently that's okay um but it's ridiculous that basically they try and do a lot of punishment it doesn't fit the crime so then it swings back to okay well then Paul Bushnevich goes, you know what? I'm fucking pissed. I'm going to try and do a cross-check to who was it? I don't even know who the hell it was. Um, Mantha. Wasn't it Mantha? Yeah, I think so. To Mantha's head or whatever. And they're like, this is ridiculous. And then Bushnevich gets a, a one-game suspension, which he should because you shouldn't be doing that. But what did you expect him to do? What did you, you... You put him in a spot where he's like, I feel powerless. You also have him in a spot where, like, the... Fucking media and all this other shit, which I can't fucking believe. I actually, I guess I can't believe. Because half of the media is made of old hockey men. Are like, this team's weak. This Rangers team just doesn't know how to stand up for itself. I was like, what are you talking about? What is this weak? Like, they're blowing smoke up these dudes' butts where it's like, come on. Come on now. You gotta be tougher than that. We need Mm -hmm. you to be tough. So then when they go out and they be tough... Half of these fans are like, this is, a bla- this is a black eye on the game because now there's a line brawl right off the bat. Which, by the way, if the NHL doesn't want a line brawl right off the bat, they can do something about that. They can obviously find the team. So you can be like, yo, I know you did that, but guess what? Here's your $250,000 fine. Don't throw three goons out there to fight these other three goons. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. They can do that. And they don't do that. Which is kind of like, in a Full circle, you have, it's going all over the place, you have Tom Wilson, who's just a fucking Neanderthal. And then you have Artemi Panarin, who's like... The, the biggest st- star in the biggest, biggest yeah. market. And you, He's what? A top five, seven player in the league on skill? Yeah. But he's also the face of the New York Rangers, who are miles and miles your most important team. Yeah. From a revenue and marketing standpoint. And I don't want to hear about the Maple Leafs. I want to hear about the Canadians. They are the biggest market team, the most iconic in America mm-hmm. hockey team by miles. And it's an American sports league, which is, wow, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But, like, I, you can talk about how big the Canadian teams are all you want, how important that is. It's an American sports league. It's headquartered in New York. This is their Yankees. For mm. you know, I mean, it is. It's just that's what it is because it's the same city and it's the same level of respect. And they did nothing. That's for what this I mean. Guy. You let this do. You let Tom Wilson just ragdoll Panarin, and then they're basically like, "Well, um, you know, we gave him the max fine, and then we're and now we're angry at New York, the Rangers, or whoever it was." within the organization for speaking out against like our decision. And to me, it was like where he, we, I don't know you, we barely did anything to Tom Wilson. And now we're going to do a boatload of your team for speaking out. We're also going to talk about how we don't want fighting in the game, even though we just saw it in the next game. Mm-hmm. And all it says to me is like, we like this thing that Tom Wilson did. We did. We don't like it. Cause we gave him that, we gave him that fine you guys. So don't, don't tell us we're enabling him. We like Tom Wilson, what he's doing, is what the NHL is saying. And we care more about that mm-hmm. than we do the skill end of our game, the star players of our game. If we're betting on one of these things to bring in fans and bring in people and bring in the entertainment, it's these after-the-whistle squabbles. It's not our Timmy Panarin 
deking a dude out of his shorts for a goal. And then people like Elliot Friedman had the freaking audacity to say, well, I think the fact that we can't develop stars is a bigger deal, is more important to the game, or is more of a detriment to the game than the fighting and the violence. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> and look, I don't want to say this would be different if he'd ragdolled Brendan Lemieux. Mm-hmm. I think the Rangers waved Brendan Lemieux, but someone of that ilk. <laughs> they should have kept him. Yeah, I guess they should have. Well, that's like, a, well, a thing people would say. Be, it wouldn't be different in, like, justifiableness or moral goodness, mm-hmm. but in the significance of the game, you know, and, and that's the other thing with people say, well, if it wasn't Tom Wilson, you wouldn't even mm. be talking about this. And it's like, yeah, but it is Tom Wilson. Well, I'm like, if yeah, there's that's a guy. A, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's the point. You've made my point. That's like, we, it's only because it's Tom Wilson. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Because Tom Wilson does this shit. What am I supposed to do? Literally, like, cover the nameplate up and be like, yeah. well, that's just some guy, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I I have so many. That's, this is a problem. We're just going to go all over it's the place. It's just all over the place. I used this analogy with you the other day. I watched on Peacock, there's a John Wayne Gacy documentary. Very. <laughs> Very light, light viewing, you know. A, a real, a real, uh, a real comparison. A real pick me up, yeah. Well, you know, pretty much the same. Pretty if close. If the NHL had a John Wayne Gacy, <laughs> who would it be? And, Troy uh, Brower, Troy Brower. But like, and with with all due, I mean, the seriousness of the story obviously doesn't compare. But like, John Wayne Gacy, I don't want to step on the documentary, was executed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Spoiler that happens alert. in like halfway through episode five. Of this six-episode documentary. And the last half of that episode and episode six are kind of all about, like, kind of tying up loose ends. Like, we know for sure he killed 33 people, but, like, he said he killed maybe 45. We don't know where all these people were. He traveled all around the country. But then there were a couple stories about families whose kids disappeared in Chicago. In, like, John Wayne Gacy's neighborhood at the time he was active, who were, like, young men, the type of people he preyed upon. And the episode was kind of about, like, well, they're trying really hard to see if these people are actually Gacy victims. And it's kind of like, can't we just assume? (laughs) Isn't that, like, why is it so hard to, like, assume that this guy who does this shitty thing all the time Mm. also did this particular one? And that's, like... Why John? Why, that's why Tom Wilson is John. <laughs> that's why he'll be executed. No, but like, God, we wouldn't be so lucky. But like, but like, I don't even. That was. I don't remember exactly where I went with that analogy when I said it to you. Well, it's more like, like if it's if Tom Wilson is doing this stuff. I think they said it on. Maybe they said it on um, Puck Soup. It's like. It looks kind of like he's doing this with intent to injure. And you're like, well, we don't know that. And it's like, well, he's done it before. Yeah, yeah he, the dude has intent to injure. Or, the like, the nicest thing I can say about Tom Wilson is that he's recklessly violent. It's like the difference between manslaughter and murder, yeah. honestly. It's like, the, the, the nicest way to frame it is that he's just trying to lash out emotionally and he doesn't he's not trying to hurt people but he doesn't obviously doesn't care if they get hurt that's the thing where they talk about he's riding the line they'll talk about like he kind of even as he's defense, never riding the line they're like it's he's never he's never he's, ridden the line he's so close and i'm like dude if this is riding the line step the fuck back the from line the line needs to change and that's 
That's where the whole, that's like all of this conversation. Tom Wilson should not have a place in the National Hockey League. I know Brian Whitney with his little shitty, little shit-eating tweet was like, every GM in the league would hire Tom Wilson in a heartbeat, you know. And as some tweet, we, you know, some great reply retweet of that was like, yes, we'd like to thank Ryan Whitney for pointing to the NHL's very obvious lack of concern for its players or, yeah. you know, care for brain injuries. And it's like, yeah, that's the problem. And there, there's so many, The I want to go back to your whole conversation about Buchnevich because like literally Monday night happens. Tuesday morning, Tuesday early afternoon, they they announced the no suspension, $5,000 fine nonsense. Mm -hmm. And everyone is, for the most part, all of hockey falls into one of two camps. There are nuances, but it's mostly, like I would say, 80% of people are pissed Mm -hmm. and 20% of people are the knuckle-dragging, well, if... Tony Twist was on the ice. This never would have happened. Yeah, the weird, the weird backing into well, oh, we like, need more enforcers. Yeah, is like whoa, whoa, whoa! This is the wrong that's take. Like, violence isn't the solution to violence. Like this is stuff you learn in freaking kindergarten. Your kindergarten teacher said, "Oh, did Timmy hit you? Well, don't hit him back. Mm-hmm. It's my job, or whatever." Like this is stuff you learned. Like the other kid's not supposed to hit. Yeah. But in col in in college, in college in where you learn this school, yeah. if you were the guy that hit back, you always got in trouble. Mm-hmm. That was that's how it worked, and it's stupid, but that's how it worked. But people in the NHL, because for somehow for some way for some reason, we've justified this mindset of of. Just straight up boxing matches breaking out in the middle of the game for years. And somehow these people that have been watching the game for too long, and I don't know, you know, I probably, if, if I'll probably someday long for the hockey that was played during our childhood or when we were like in high school and, and really became boys fans. I'm sure the game will change in some way. And I'll be like, oh, it was so good back then when, I don't know, sticks weren't made out of... Lasers. Lasers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laser sticks. I literally I was going to say a lightsaber stick. May the seventh be with you. But, <laughs> um, but like, it's such a backwards argument. But they're making that argument. And mm-hmm. essentially, and as I think you pointed out pretty well, essentially by their inaction, the NHL is making that argument. Because mm-hmm. the Department of Player Safety can't possibly think that the issue is dumb when they hand a $5,000 fine. They know the Rangers and, and Capitals are playing again on Wednesday mm-hmm. night, and they know that all hell's bre- going to break loose. They have to. There's no way. And they don't have any mechanism either for saying, nor would they want to, because they like this shit. They have no mechanism for saying, don't. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) You know, like in in baseball, when like a guy hits a a pitcher, a pitcher hits a guy, and then maybe another pitcher hits a guy on the other team, the umpire will warn both teams and will say, hey, listen, no more. If you do any more, I'm throwing you out immediately. No questions asked. It's done. Um, and that's like a stupid system in and of itself a little bit, Mm. but 
it is what it is. At least it sends the message of, like, don't do this anymore. Let's play the freaking game and not have a sideshow. And, by the way, on Wednesday in particular, what what could have been, should have been, one of the greatest hockey stories, not only of, a, of the year, but, like, of a decade, of a lifetime, with TJ mm-hmm. Oshie scoring a hat trick in the first game he played after his dad's passing, it's completely overshadowed by this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Because this is how the NHL wants it to be. Circling back to Pavel Buchnevitz, <laughs> all of these are the conditions that they say we're not going to protect you. We're not going to punish Tom Wilson. We're not. If if a five thousand dollar fine would really suck for me, but I could survive it. So I can only imagine that for a guy who makes five million dollars a year, mm-hmm. it's nothing. It's it's not even nothing. He spends that. For dinner, probably, sometimes. For, like, a team dinner, he probably has, right? Like, it's nothing. It's inconceivably nothing. And so, like, that's... You're you're saying to Pavel Buchnevich, dude, you're on your own. Go get him. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, he crosses a line. He definitely did. He totally deserved the suspension. Fine. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't... I mean, what he did to Anthony Mantha is very dangerous. And it was severely over the line, and it should be suspended. And for a first-time offender, honestly, looking at that, I would have justified two or three games or five. Because that's the whole thing is like, and we talk about this every time this comes up, they always like, well, there's precedent. And it's like, yeah, well, you need to change the precedent of it. Yeah, you can set it right now. That, you can always set the precedent, bro. And, and that's like the weird rhetorical corner that D- DPS has backed itself into because they claim that the prior record only applies on the length of the suspension, not whether or not it's suspendable. Mm-hmm. And I get why they do that from like a, I don't know, from like a, I can't think of the legal word I want, but for due process sort of mm-hmm. sort of sense, because you don't want, you know, if if Tom Wilson was committed an actual crime, which he would if he wasn't employed by the NHL because he's clearly a psychopath. If he had committed an actual crime, the fact that he'd knocked over a liquor store before doesn't necessarily mean that he knocked over this particular liquor store later. So you can't assume that and then just convict him on the basis of that. But this isn't quite the same thing. However, even if I can see why they do that, they've backed themselves into this corner where they think, okay, we're not supposed to consider player history of conduct on whether or not it's suspendable. But we are supposed to consider that if we suspend him on how severe the suspension is. So, we're just not going to suspend him, because if we suspend him, we're like two months removed from him trying to knock Brendan Carlo's brain out of his head, and so, and we gave him seven games for that, so we're going to have to give him like ten games for this, and the playoffs are coming up, and we're just not going to. So, the, so the they th- don't suspend him at all, mm. and then the CBA comes in and says, well, you can't find him more than $5,000, <laughs> why would you possibly be allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. And I know people, uh, you know, people say, well, what's the, what are they supposed to do? Is that's the maximum allowed by the CBA? They were supposed to suspend him. Mm-hmm. That's already not enough. 
any fine would have already not been enough. Mm-hmm. But then the other, you know, then they change the CBA and people say, well, for sure the NHL will, you know, they'll bargain for this in the next CBA. No, they won't because they don't care about yeah, player I was like, safety. Why would you think they would want Gary anything Batman different? Gary doesn't care enough about player safety and the constant black marks that people like Tom Wilson leave on his league to give up things like, um, what's the damn escrow mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever thing that he does care about that he doesn't want to surrender to the players. He's not going to surrender that thing so that the players will allow a $15,000 fine mm-hmm. or a $20,000 fine. And however much bigger those fines get that the players are just going to expect that much more in exchange. So it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole system is corrupt. And that's why, to me, it fundamentally, at the very core of everything, is just this complete, to me, ridiculous belief that somehow this belongs in hockey. Mm-hmm. And to me, an even worse belief that, like, without fighting, without violence, hockey wouldn't, people wouldn't even watch hockey. Which, okay, if you want to say that, let's take a look at the ratings for professional boxing. Are they are are they not good? Are they not? They're not very good. So let's take a look at the ratings for for UFC these days. Those are those aren't good either. Those are dwindling. That's not great. Well, let's talk like take a look at the ratings for I don't know WWE. That's I mean it's a little soap opery, but it's based in violence, right? Are those ratings not good either? No, they're not because stars make ratings, not violence. The biggest boxing event that's happened in four or five years. Involved Jake Paul, who can't box, but he's a star, and not a star who deserves to be a star in any way, but he's a personality that people care about Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And so that's a big event. You know, Dwayne Johnson isn't the best wrestler in the world, but if he shows up on Raw, the ratings are going to skyrocket because he's a star. Same same with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who can't even wrestle anymore. You know? Yeah. And same with UFC. Like, when they had George St. Pierre and they had uh, Anderson Silva and Brock Lesnar was there and Ronda Rousey were there, it was one of the biggest... It was probably bigger than any individual sport except maybe the NFL. Right now, I couldn't name two UFC champions, and most people can't. And so it's not... It's suffering. And, yeah, the pandemic plays a role in all of that stuff. But the point is, like, people don't tune in for violence they tune in for personalities and the nhl not only criminally underrepresents its personalities gives them no platform to shine gives them no ability to express the personalities that for the most part they don't have anyway because <laughs> it's been bred out of them they gotta for cultivate that yeah but then what situations like this where the biggest star in the biggest city Gets his brain knocked in, and I know it's a lower body injury, but I saw his freaking brain hit the ice. Okay? So his brain's not okay. His head's not great. Even if in that process he also sprained his ankle or whatever, and that's technically what's keeping him out. Mm-hmm. It was a violent, ridiculous play. And I again, it's like, well, why is he even there? Because Tom Wilson is a raging psychopath, and Artemi Panarin is... 
literally like 70% his size. Mm. And he has no other recourse but to jump on his back. What's he supposed to, like, do a double leg takedown? Or, like, you know... And the, the jumping on his back thing, too, is redonk. Where people are like, he jumped on his back. I'm like, he, his skates are barely off yeah, the ice. Right. This dude's, like, 220 pounds, Wilson, and then Panarin's, like, 170. I did a little, I did a little quick math before I came over here. That's like, I'm like 170, and I'm mm-hmm. 6'3", I'm pretty string beanie. That'd be like someone who's 5'10", and 130, so like an emaciated person. Mm-hmm. Unless you're listening, and that's your height and weight, then you're totally fine. <laughs> but Body positivity yeah, is, yeah. is big for the Two Guys One Cup podcast. If I turned around, and this someone like that was on me, I wouldn't be like, you know what? Fair game, I'm going to deck you now. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to hit this person. That's the thing, is like, I think Elliot Freeman talked about it really well, but in 31 Thoughts, is like, you have... Artemi Panarin gets to make a decision. I get to let Tom Wilson just manhandle my team, or I get to do something about it, and his doing something about it is just hugging him. That is it. Mm-hmm. He didn't even do... He did literally nothing other than yeah. jump on him, Artemi barely, Panarin, and hug him. Artemi Panarin could have made the decision to try and poke out Tom Wilson's eye with the blade that he carries yeah. around him, or try to kick the blades on his feet into Tom Wilson's calf. If he was going to do something violent, he could have done any of those things. Yeah. The violence involved... It's like freaking... If a cloud jumped onto Tom Wilson's back, he wouldn't notice it any more than Artemi Panarin. Tom Wilson is a gorilla. He's a remarkably dumb gorilla, but he's a gorilla (laughs) nonetheless. He's not going to notice that. And I don't care. Like, also, Tom Wilson forfeits his right to safety when he starts trying to brain other people. Mm. And, And finally, on this little sub point... If jumping on your back is such a crime, dude, I watched the tape. I saw Tom Wilson pedigree Artemi Panarin, and that was the second of two times that he drove this dude's face into the eyes. So what the fuck? What are we talking about? It's so it's so gaslighting to me that we can't at least all agree on Tom Wilson's a scumbag, this was a dirty mm. play, and he's responsible for all the bad things that happened. That's here. what I mean. I'm like, it's not like, even if you wanted to say, but it's, you know, it's still commonplace in the NHL. Like, that's ridiculous, and that's the problem. But if if we can at least agree that Tom Wilson's actions were extraordinarily bad within these circumstances, even if the circumstances weren't extraordinarily bad, then at least I feel like I can have a conversation. But, like, freaking, like, why? how is that any different... How is saying that about Artemi Panarin any different than people who are like, well, that girl who got raped shouldn't have been at the frat party. I don't know what she was thinking. It's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that was a bad decision. Maybe taking E at a frat party is not the safest decision. It doesn't entitle anyone to rape you. (laughs) And jumping on Tom Wilson's back doesn't entitle him to beat your brains in. That's what I mean. Like, you know, dude, you're like, I get like, again, very dumb gorilla, but like, you turn around, that's Artemi Panera, and you're like, I know you don't have to drop your gloves and back away, but you can essentially hold them by the collar, and you could probably just ragdoll them that way. You know what? Wouldn't be great, but that would be a normal thing, right? We've yeah. seen dudes do this for like, yo, dude, not even in my class. And they, and you make them look silly and stupid, and he's skating around because you're holding onto his neck and stuff. Who, like... God, it's like um, it's like Bufflin. Bufflin grabs two dudes that are his size, 
And he holds him and is like, don't give a shit. I don't give a fucking shit. And it looks embarrassing for the person. And you've accomplished your goal now, sir. You've done it. They look silly. You don't have to also, punch the shit out also, of them. Also, if you're all about living free in people's heads, then that's a better way to do it. Yeah. If you just hold our Timmy Panera in a way with basically like a finger and you're Let like, this is your yeah. biggest star. And I'm like, yeah, like literally if you do the old, like, I'm going to put my hand on the top of your head mm-hmm. and you can take swings at me that won't even reach me because I'm that much bigger than you. That's so much more embarrassing for our Timmy Panarin than hurting him. That's unbelievable. It's so... That's why I don't understand the people that come go out of their way to like basically be like, I kind of get the people that are Neanderthal and are like, I love this part. I think it's stupid, but I understand their thought process. That's at least almost logical. But it's some but, of those same people who then say, but our Timmy Panarin shouldn't jump on his back. I know! And it's like, oh. <laughs> like okay. Do you want people to be tough or not? Yeah. I'm like, they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, then Tom Wilson doesn't get a fight. And it's like, no, we want them to be tough. Okay, then our Timmy Panarin gets a jump on his back. Yeah. Because our Timmy Panarin can't... And let's not act like freaking normal... Like... like uh, Let's remove from this situation entirely. Braden Shin and, I don't know, Adam Henrique decide that they're going to fight off a face-off. Let's not act like that fight is held under Marcus of Queensberry rules <laughs> where they square up and very gently jab on each other. They grab anything they can get. It's punches, it's uppercuts, it's headlocks. It's ridiculous. It's brutal violence. It's stupid. It doesn't have any place in a sport. But beyond all that, you can't say, like, well, that's honorable. That's a fight. That's a hockey fight. And mm. what Artemi Panarin did was cowardly and doesn't have a place in this game. Like, there's no... No rules there's no rules there should be rules i'm asking for there to be <laughs> rules that's the heart of our disagreement so well, but you can't like jump between both sides of that line and again like tom wilson never deserves the benefit of the doubt he deserves whatever the exact opposite of the benefit of the <laughs> doubt is the man should be removed from the game it's obvious that he cannot contain himself. And it's obvious that his teammates and coaches have no desire to contain mm. him. It's obvious, you know, but like, he, in a, if there was justice, if we were focused on justice, the man wouldn't have a job in the NHL. And in this scenario, it's very, and this is, this is to me, kind of fundamentally the reason you should suspend him for a long long time it's very clear that he just has the red mist Mm. he's not thinking about anything he's not thinking about who he's fighting or what he's doing or who he's trying to hurt he's just trying to cause violence he's trying to do injury to other people at first it's pavel buchnevich that's why i made the point of highlighting the viciously wild swing at ryan strome because yeah he missed but he was trying to injure him that's the, it was a violent haymaker he threw. And then Artemi Panarin gets on him, and that's the third guy that he thinks he can injure. And the frickin' the, the New York Rangers commentators, who I don't think are particularly confident, are already saying, like, well, he was clearly pissed before, and he's been looking to hurt, he's been looking to start something ever since he got that penalty called on him. Mm-hmm. So this is a pattern of behavior that takes place over the course of a period, over the course of eight or ten minutes or however long it's been. Then it culminates in this, then he goes into the penalty box, not only doesn't show any remorse or any regret, 
but actively taunts his opponent, which that taunt alone in the National Football League would be a 15-yard penalty and I think half of a game misconduct. I think if you taunt, maybe all of one. Well, he did the taunt, and then whoever it was on the Rangers did the did the reverse mirror taunt the next game, and then he got a, a fine or a penalty or, or, or whatever. Or yeah. So it's like you can taunt, but not you can't taunt a taunt. Right. That's too far. That's, That's a bridge too far. So one of the things that you mentioned was like the red mist for like um, Tom Wilson. I never really thought about it. Like I knew he had it, but like. Yeah, when you watch him in that scrum, people kind of, I mean, you've seen it before. Like, two guys are fighting. Um, a third guy kind of jumps in, which is not allowed, even though it still happens. Mm. Um, and then, like, a fourth guy off of the other team is like, you know, it's two on one. Then another guy's like, whoa, 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 and grabs that guy. You know, it's kind of a little chain. It's a little snake thing. That's how they do it. That's how you get more people involved. Everyone's kind of focused yeah. on the person in front of them. Tom Wilson, to your point, is like looking, is like going around. Yeah. He's like, he's oh, the I'm, focal I'm, point of I'm the pissed whole now, thing. now I'm he's... grabbing you, fuck that, I'm grabbing you. It's mm. just like anyone, it's just like a fucking hurricane. And it's like, that's not, that's, if you're going to talk about the spirit of violence and stuff in hockey, that's not in the spirit of it. Now you're just trying to fucking swing, baby, and that's not it. Like, uh, one thing I was going to say. Who's he standing up for? That, that's the other thing, like, oh. Oh, but, they were standing up for Ovechkin or his, something? His I don't goalie or Ovechkin about. was, well, I've heard, there's a thousand different things, because he wasn't standing up for anybody. Yeah. You're justifying it different ways because he there was no justifying it. He Buchnevich was in his crease aft at the whistle. Hmm. And that's all I saw. That's and that's a I hockey saw. thing. And yeah, that's what you're not you're not supposed to do that. But you know what? That's a like grabbing the collar and dragging him away. That's or what, getting yeah. the stick and gently shoving him and jawing at him. That's the thing bit. you see all the time yeah. when they say, Oh, this happens all the time, be like yeah, I see that all the time, but that's not what this was. And like, as far as we're talking about benefit of the doubt, Tom Wilson never deserves it. But if it's a one-off hit and it's borderline, to me, he deserves some benefit of the doubt there a lot more than in this play, where for, I don't know how long it is, 45 seconds, 30 seconds, 90 seconds, I don't know how long it is, but however long it is, he is just trying to cause damage. And the to me, the two parts that aren't getting talked about at all are the Ryan the, the swing at Ryan Strom, which was a haymaker. He he didn't make contact, but he tried really hard to not to like break Ryan Strom's jaw. Yeah. And all Ryan Strom did to him was try and get him off Pavel Buchnevich. I don't think Ryan Strom even like took any swings or anything. I think mm. he just tried to pull him off. Pull him off. He yanked on Buchnevich's collar as long as he could so that he didn't have to get off because he wasn't done trying to pound his face into the ice. He takes a swing at Ryan Strom. And then after everything with Panarin, after he's dropped him twice, he's still throwing punches. There are two referees and, like, all of both teams at this point trying to break it up and end it. And he's still just, like, violently clinging to Artemi Panarin. And that's the stuff to me where it's like, dude, this guy is not well. I don't know what, I don't know who hurt Tom Wilson in his childhood to make him this way, but like, he's not like any other NHL player. He is Rafi Torres. He has more skill than Rafi Torres. And people say that's a good thing. It's honestly a tragedy because he could go be a valuable NHL player if he wanted to be. 
and he could play. You you can play with an edge, and you can deliver big hits. David Backus. We'll talk about him later on, probably. Mm. I assume at length. Never this guy. He was. He played with an edge all the time. He got in a lot of fights. He wasn't Tom Wilson. Mm. He wasn't close to Tom Wilson. And he contributed to his team. He made a lot of money in hockey. You know, Barrett Jackman, whoever you want to name. It's not like this. That's what it's. That's the thing is like, it doesn't have to be this way. You can look at other sports. That's the, I've saw arguments that were like, well, it's a physical game. It's an emotional game. You know, what are the, people get angry. I'm like, yeah, dude. What sport isn't? I'm like, people in football smacking each other all the time. They get angry. People fucking shit in basketball. People get angry. Rugby. Uh People smacking each other all the time get angry. But none, and none of those things, when you fight in those leagues, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. And in this league, it's like, well, you know, that's just the way it's baked into the pie. Throwing a punch. It doesn't even have to connect. Throwing one. And, by the way, you can punch someone who's fully in a football helmet and feels mm. nothing from that. Is an automatic, you're done for the game. It's an automatic ejection in the NFL. Mm. Is the NFL suffering from a lack of violence or physicality? That's what I mean. That's Every what... play in that sport ends with physicality or a touchdown or a field goal. <laughs> Those are the options. <laughs> That's it. And 98% of them are physicality. J.J. Watt runs over whoever uh jared goff whatever like that's a physical play i gotta tell you like i'm really not but, a big football guy and yeah. i've always been a big like when hockey like yeah these this is these really are those those tough uh players and what have you but yeah there seem to be a lot of prima donna shit where like if you touch a guy now he's pissed now we're pissed in hockey like ooh, i'm angry because yeah. you hit me Whereas, like, in football, you could run through a dude, and they have, like, the, hum- the humbleness of, like, shit, that dude just fucking treffed me. I mean, I get it's a little more, it gets a little hockey more antsy is, in NFL sometimes, but hockey still. Hockey is the softest sport, and that's the problem here, you know? People like, just get angry. It's because they're allowed to. They people, get angry, like, oh, I guess, you know what I can go do? I can skate over there and punch that dude right in the mouth. People are going to think this is laughable, and I don't care. The NFL could become a flag football league tomorrow. It would still be eleven thousand times bigger than the NHL, because it's about personalities. It's about skill. People are invested with fantasy, and you know the 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 physicality is a big part of it for a certain group of fans. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I'm not trying to act holier than thou. I see a big hit in football, and I still go, "Oh damn!" Yeah. Or in hockey, hockey is huge hits totally fine. A fight. You know, I'll still, I'll still, Nico Mikola swings his weird giraffe limbs at people. I'm still kind of like, <laughs> yeah, go get him, Nico. But if that was just gone, like if we could just hit the delete button tomorrow, I would not feel any differently about hockey. Mm-hmm. And there are people that would. And to me, that's a problem. <laughs> because that's not part of this game. And as long as we insist on be- it being part of the game, it's just going to make... The Connor McDavid's and the Nathan McKinnon's and even the Alex Ovechkin's who and you know Evgeny Malkin's guys who do have a physical side of their game, mm-hmm. it's just going to make them shine less. It's just going to make them less spectacular. All anyone in the NHL should be talking about this week are Connor McDavid being ungodly good at hockey, T.J. Oshie scoring a hat trick on the night his dad dies. 
or the, the night of, but the night he returns from his dad's passing. And like, I don't, like that's it. And, and who's making the playoffs? Those should be the narratives in hockey. But we're all talking about this crap, which doesn't matter. It's just a sideshow. And I know we've been talking about it for 50 minutes, and we'll probably talk about it for 30 more. But, like, that's, we don't want to be talking about this, really. I mean, obviously we do in a way, and it's there to talk about. It's fun But for it's because I'm pissed off. It's not because I enjoy this. It's not like if you gave me the option today and say, hey, what if that just hadn't happened? I'd be like, yep, take that option. If you gave me the option today to delete Tom Wilson from ever being in the league, yep, take that option. I'd, I'd even take that option if it meant we never got Oscar Sundquist 2.0. Oh, you know? <laughs> but, that's the only good thing Tom Wilson did do. That's right. But, like, I just... <sighs> and there's so many bad takes. We haven't really even started on the bad take circus. One, one of the takes I heard was that and even from like hockey professional people, I almost want to like. I'm glad you said the word professional because that's yeah. a take I want to get to. But go ahead. Well, I want to like call into these these podcasts that I'm listening to where they're like, "Well, see, one of the things why they couldn't give Tom Wilson suspension was like the precedent thing. Like they can't suspend him for like what he did." And I'm like, "Really? That's interesting because they gave him a five thousand dollar fine for robbing Pavel Bushnevich." Mm-hmm. And I can find in the last two seasons, now there's only been three, but there's been three different suspensions for roughing. Mm-hmm. You could, oh, it's unbelievable. They can suspend that's the, for whatever. Well, that's want. the thing where I'm like, tell me. They changed the rules to suspend him the last time. So I'm like, tell me what it is about this that made it so you couldn't suspend him. And the, all I ever hear is like, well, they can't suspend him for that play. You literally called it roughing to find him. So you've defined what happened as roughing. You've suspended at least three people in the last two years for roughing. You could have done it. I see no evidence that they could have not suspended him. One game, at least one game. Does that mean no fights happen in Wednesday's game? I don't think so. But does it mean there's not a line brawl right away? I'm pretty sure. Does it mean Paul Lucianovich probably doesn't try and take Mantha's head off? I'm almost, almost certain. certain. Like, yeah. I don't understand why they don't want to get out of the way because they think this is what people want. And I don't think this is what people want. You've seen On overwhelmingly same, so that this is not what most people in this sport this want. This is the NHL refuses to get out of its own way. Listen, I like 31 Thoughts, and I like Elliot Friedman a whole lot. And sometimes I tolerate Jeff Merrick, too. But on that podcast, and they weren't the worst. Greg Wyshynski was the worst by far. And we may get there. But, like, on that podcast, they were like, I don't think either of them really justified what Wilson did. Mm -hmm. Um, Merrick was a lot more on the, like, Panarin shouldn't have done that Yeah, Merrick blamed Panarin, like, 50% of it, which is kind of bullshit. Right, which is ridiculous. But... The couple of points they made that were just baffling was they got to talking about, and to be fair, I think technically they were talking about whether Wednesday night was bad for the game, yeah, but it's yeah. all part of the same soup. Mm. You gotta make you love a soup, soup. and I love, <laughs> man loves soup. Have I ever even seen you eat soup? I don't know. Because it's gone so fast. Because <laughs> like, you, you threw it out because yeah. it's all shit. That's right. Because it's always bad. I've never had good soup. Oh, that's, that's the how problem. Um, I love that tomato soup at uh, Bregco. Mm. I'd eat that. I'd just drink that out of a cup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think people do that. Yeah, well, I don't think that's a big leap, Steve. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It is just 
It's just warm tomato juice. Would you ba- would you bathe? No, because that would be counterproductive. Okay, so, okay, so you don't care <laughs> yeah, about it at that's all. Right, that's right. But <laughs> two of the points they made. We talked. I think we talked about the Friedman one. But he was like, I don't think that's bad for the game as much as. Uh, the price and affordability, which is a big thing, yeah. uh, which we can talk about some other time. We probably already talked about it. But then, like, and the fact that they can't develop stars. And it's like, yeah, because their stars are being ragdolled by Tom Wilson. <laughs> and then Jeff Merrick had the freaking audacity to say, well, the thing about the NHL is I've been in the league 50, I'm 50 years old now. I've been hot watching hockey all my life. I've been talking about it professionally for 20 years. We need to listen to the younger fans. We need to get out of the way. My opinion doesn't matter as much as the new, new fans. And I just don't think the new fans want the violence. Mm-hmm. Every single time I've seen the, uh, well, this wouldn't have happened if Kelly Trace was on the ice. It's always been the this profile pic, you know, the one I'm talking yeah, about, from like a down angle. Of sunglasses. A 60-year-old man in his truck. Because yeah. that's the best lighting he could find, I guess. It's never like, you know, I, I don't know. It's that's never not, like well, a, it's young, not a young person, young woman of color, or like. Well, there's or, there's two of those that watch hockey, right? No, but like you know, like black yeah, girl yeah, hockey yeah. club, they're out there doing important work, and I know that's the type of person Jeff Merrick's talking about. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Like they're great, but like. Do you think Black Girl Hockey Club is like, yeah, Tom Wilson, freaking great. Yeah. You think that's what they're coming to the rink to see more of is the violence? Well, that's the thing. Like, or whoever, and I'm just singling them out because they're a specific group of different thinking younger fans. But like, whoever, like any young fan, like all the people we talk to. Mm-hmm. who were younger I don't know any of the even you know I, I haven't seen that many people justify it that many of the mainstream even like blues fans mm-hmm. you know blues hats and those guys like I don't see them being super pro well I just don't maybe see... blues hat I haven't looked at him specifically but, like... <laughs> but we're like in a, a bit of echo chamber like in real life too like maybe but it feels like I've never heard anyone talk about like I've never really heard anyone talk about how much they miss fighting. Right. Honestly, like I like you said, the people, the older folks, sure, but like anyone in our age group or younger, I've never heard don't anyone know fighting the way they mean. do. You could just remove it, and it's gonna Freaking... the league will go on, the sport will go on. It will become a thing like the backwards pass. The thing, all you used or the you only used to be able to pass it backwards, like in rugby or whatever. You couldn't even do a forward pass. It's it will just change, and I get some. I totally get not liking the change third um, we're both 30 i get it change is terrible but it happens and eventually you're just not going to have any fighting and i don't mind again i don't mind the after the whistle push and shove and even a fight breaks out whatever all that good stuff but like when it's essentially you just like laying on a human and just wailing on them no man that's not what it's about that's not what i want to see no one wants to see and to steve dangle's point on their podcast today he was talking about like this seems like this is what the NHL wants because they don't really deter it that much. But at the same time, people tune in for a game and they go, wow, they fought. And then you're like, do they stick around? No, the, f- the fighting ends and they leave. If you're a casual fan, you watch that and you leave. And honest to God, I'm, I can only speak for myself, but if someone's like, yo, we got to watch this because there's going to be a fight, I'd be like, I don't care. I'm, no. If I'm not into hockey already, I'm like, I don't care. 
I really don't care. I'll do any. I'll watch anything. That sounds like you asked me to watch a soap opera. I really just don't give a shit. These like why? No one would Jeff, watch for that reason. These people, Jeff Merrick is one of them, who are like going to hockeyfights.com and like talking about, oh, you remember when Tiger Williams fought Scrapper Douglas mm. in the Montreal Forum in front of 78 billion people and it was a nine minute mm-hmm. knockout and Tiger Williams hit him with a step over toe hold for the finish and that's Scrapper other... Williams was bleeding from the mouth and that's, the other... <laughs> that's really about these fights like, though Stephen like have you ever watched a hockey they fight suck. That's they freaking suck if they both throw real hard you're like oh this is kind of fun because they're moving quick because yeah. your monkey brain goes ooh fast movement but when they're normally fighting to like really fight they look it's fucking terrible it's terrible. That's not exciting. It's there's, and, it's there's boring. It's so boring. I know we're kind of right? talking about fighting now, and this wasn't there wasn't really any fighting in this in this Wilson thing. I mean, I mean there was punching, but like fighting is the when, fighting is the cancer that this particular oh, yeah, cell yeah. sprung off of. You know, when is like the brain injury is too much? Is it because they're Ever! still? Is this when they're still denying it? Because like they've had people have brain injuries and then kill themselves. Because they've had too many bruises on their brain, and this has been people that have fought for a fucking living in the sport. I haven't seen it, but the Bob Probert documentary is supposed to be devastating. Kelly Chase, 458 games, 2017 penalty minutes. That's not a good hockey player. That's not. I'm sorry, I, and I have a lot of respect for Kelly Chase. He's a good dude. He won the King Clancy Award for God's sakes. He's an incredible commentator. He does not have. A hockey career. He has a fighting career mm. that happened to happen on ice. And I don't like... Perfect example. You've watched some wrestling. Mm. I grew up watching wrestling with my brother. So I'm like bought in, you know, less and less these days because it sucks ass. But like, <laughs> but like when you were watching, were you like freaking amazed because some dude hit a quebrada which you don't even know what that is i don't even know what that is i just know it's a word i think it's some kind of dive to the outside or did you connect to the people i was gonna say that's Were a huge like... thing about wrestling too it's like the story the story is silly as it can sometimes be i'm like i'm kind of here for this yeah and but then like, the fighting is more like what you're telling it through. Right. But like, you know. You also, c- that fighting is actually, I, I I get it, not real, but also kind of more interesting. Oh, way better. Because yeah. people are like doing flips and but shit. But like you're connecting to like whoever, the Street Profits, Becky Lynch, yeah. Rusev, like whoever. Oh, way, because they're like a character. Yeah. Because they're like someone like, cool, cool. You don't remember, you you wouldn't, you know, I, I might walk away thinking, oh man, that ending to that match was so incredible because he countered the one thing and it was a callback to their last match where he couldn't overcome the one thing and then he won the match. Mm. But if but you, again, that's part of a story. But that's part of a story, right. But also, like that's all, I only noticed those things because I've obsessed over it for years. You walk away from it thinking... Man, Becky Lynch is cool, or like Asuka, like I like her, you know, because mm. like I love Japanese culture, or whatever. Like, you're not thinking about whether they did or didn't perfectly execute a small package, which is a hilarious name for a movie. What about but a like, large package? That's right. But like, and that's the same thing. Like, it's a, your your analogy is perfect because somebody sees a fight and they think, "Wow, a fight," and then they leave. Mm-hmm. But if a kid comes and sees Connor McDavid score four points. He freaking loves Connor McDavid. That's that's how he becomes a hockey fan. I have friends who have kids. They don't remember 
they don't think about they, they love Harrison Bader. Why? Because he's got long hair and he's memorable and he's fast. Mm-hmm. They don't care about his batting average. They don't care. Why would they care? They're kids. You know, like it's just the game refuses to get out of its own way and grow. Mm-hmm. And it's the freaking the Rangers this summer. We haven't even talked about the firing stuff. They're gonna go out and pay a king's ransom for the for Ryan Reeves or whoever. The same way the Pittsburgh Penguins did when even after having won two consecutive Stanley Cups, they decided, you know what, we're not tough enough. We're not tough enough to win. I don't know how they decided that because they just won two Stanley Cups. But they decided that. They traded for Ryan Reeves. It was a da- disaster. He was gone in like three months. But the Rangers are going to do the same thing. Or they'll get whatever the other guy is that punches people. I don't even know who it is these days. Tom Wilson, I guess, is one of them. <laughs> but like... And then they'll have Ryan Reeves and they won't have first-round draft picks. John Davidson and uh, Gordon. Gordon, Jeff yeah. Gordon, trusty Gordon's fisherman, uh, <laughs> had executed, in my mind, the greatest rebuild we've ever watched. The mm. Rangers have are on the verge of, of being unstoppable. They've got a, a face, current star to build around. They've got two future superstar forwards in Capo Caco and... Uh, Alexi Lafreniere. They've got incredible prospects up and down the board with Kraftsoff and Lindgren and all these people that are great. They've got a Norris candidate in Adam Fox. They've got other good defensemen. They've got the goalie of the future. They've got everything. They're a perfectly built team. And both of those guys got shit canned this week because they don't have a Ryan Reeves. And that means your sport's broken. That means your sport's irrevocably broken. And that's fundamentally the problem here. I don't care about this incident. Like, I do. And Tom Wilson should have been suspended for the throughout, through the end of the season, including the playoffs. He shouldn't be allowed. He, he, you're never going to stop him unless you stop him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that would get arbitrated. And yeah, the arbitrator would win. And yeah, it would be reduced. But you're never... that They knew that when they gave him the 20 games, too. Yeah. And that was a preseason hit. But it doesn't matter because you have to stop him. You, he has to be stopped. And he's not going to be stopped because he keeps <laughs> doing it. So the only thing you can do is punish him more and more and more until it's over. Until he's been away for so long that he can't come back. But that's it. That's to me the Tom Wilson is almost it's in its own bubble because every time this happens, it's just a reminder of the game is fundamentally broken, and people are just fine with that. I don't know how anyone could be fine with looking at how good the Rangers rebuild has been, looking at how close they are. They've got a plus twenty three goal differential and they're going to miss the playoffs. That's a statistical anomaly. That's so the, they're not that's even the Flyers' fault. They're not even a non-playoff team, though. You know, like they're yeah, not. Yeah. It's not like they're garbage. They're not the Senators. Offense, <laughs> Senators. But like, <laughs> they're not like so far. They were in the playoffs last year, mm. and they're and they're gonna be back next year probably. This is one of the speed bumps in the road of rebuilding. But the fact that you could look at that team. And it could be so good. It's so well built. And I know James Dolan's kind of crazy. I know other owners wouldn't do this. 
but and you know I know people are saying well it has nothing to do with the with the thing this week then James Dolan came out and made a statement about well we're really just missing one thing and I'm not going to tell you what the one thing is but the only thing we're missing is physicality so obviously it's that mm-hmm. because what else could it be it's not like he's thinking we're really missing a speedy third pairing left-handed defenseman and they didn't claim Victor Mete so I'm killing him <laughs> Cannon and both like that's not what he's thinking right he's thinking because he's a he's a knuckle walker he's a mouth breather this is what he's thinking yeah because I mean, he's I from the old guard of hockey and it's just yeah I wouldn't expect him to think anything different it's so every element of this just felt like being gaslighted the Andy Strickland tweet I wanted to read for like half an hour about the league showing support for George Peros the New York Ranger release was about as unprofessional as we've seen dude unprofessionalism begets unprofessionalism. There's no professionalism in a league that refuses to protect its biggest stars. The New York Rangers have made an $11 million investment in Artemi Panarin season after season after season, and for that investment to pay off, he needs to have a functioning brain. So, yeah, they came out and talked crap about the NHL. They didn't go far enough, quite frankly. They, honestly, to me, the Rangers should have not showed up Wednesday. That would have been the better solution. Mm-hmm. If they just said, listen, forfeit, sorry. We're not going to go out there and cause more injuries to our players by having them be the long arm of the law that the league refuses to be. We're just going to ruin a primetime game that you wanted to put on national television because you refused to do anything. Now, they didn't do that, and that's fine. They were never going to do that. That was never discussed. But, like, I wish they had because that's maybe how you, you... The only way the only way to get through Gary Bettman's thick head is to hit him in the pocketbook. You know? True. Very true. And, I, you know, people, people, are, people aren't watching. It's not... The viewership is down. It's not a popular sport. It's go. It's going to be the fifth most popular sport on the continent in a decade, easily, because the World Cup's going to happen and MLS is going to take off. I think. Yeah. And no, I mean, I but see they it. still won't care because they obviously they don't have any shame. They don't have any embarrassment <laughs> about being pathetic in comparison to any other sport. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, you have fans that be like, I don't need it to be bigger than whatever. It's just my favorite sport. And I'm like, okay, whatever, bro. But, like, the NHL wants, obviously, wants more money. So they want to constantly grow. You have to you have to get past some of this stuff, man. That's the thing where Wouldn't it's, it like... Wouldn't it be cool, though? Like... It feels like they're really in the weird sort of, like, say, middle ground where they just can't decide. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to talk to your mailman about who Robert Thomas was? And expect him not to be thinking about Matchbox 20. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> this is one of the things I don't get. Like, the Cardinals have an outsized respect in this community. And I'm not saying it's not earned, but it's it's outsized. But, like, also, everyone you ever meet in St. Louis is conversant on the Cardinals. You can hold a conversation with anyone. And mm. even if it doesn't rise... Much above, oh, they're looking pretty good this year. Like, that Nolan Ardenado trade was pretty cool. Like, 
I, that was them mispronouncing it in my head. I oh, know yeah, his yeah. name is Haberdash. <laughs> but like, but that like, even if it doesn't rise above that level, it's still like a cultural centerpiece of yeah. St. Louis in the summer. You're telling me you don't, you wouldn't want that? You know, Blue's Twitter personalities, you're telling me you wouldn't rather have 15,000 followers than 2,000? 3,000, like, and again, it's not really about that. It's not fundamentally about that, but yeah. you're not, that's not a better thing. Which is, fun, which is funny when you get a lot of people in hockey that are like, the please like my sport thing. And it's like, yeah, well, your sport fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I like 80% of it until they start beating each other's brains in. And it, oh, also, that Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, that's all over the place. They, the fact that they'll always, like, hand out wacky wacky new like you know what we want we want blue ice and we want five minute untouchable power plays and but wouldn't that be neat wouldn't that be cool it's like okay well maybe they shouldn't like be allowed to like brain each other well that's part that's an historical part of the game though and you can't take that out i get crazy when people are like you just can't take it out i'm like you can you could literally do it and to be quite honest you I wouldn't see any difference i don't mean in your to be sport i don't mean to be gauche but it. segregation was a historical part of baseball. Yeah, that's and then I mean. they like, stopped doing that because they realized it was wrong and stupid. And that may seem gauche, but in fifty years, people are going to be looking back on us the exact not. You know, it's it's different levels. But when you talk about head injuries, it's going to be the exact same. It's going to be the same yeah. because it's. Head injuries are catastrophic. People kill themselves. They stop functioning as human beings at 45 because their brain doesn't work. Like you've had multiple NHL players kill themselves. What was the... Because they've had brain injury. I can't think of the guy in um, Junior Seau, the San Diego Chargers phenomenal Mm. all-time great linebacker, kills himself because of concussions. Freaking in in wrestling, Chris Benoit kills not only himself but his whole family because of head injuries and and steroid addiction or whatever. These things are serious. They're really freaking serious. But hockey's always been physical, and I'm always <laughs> like, man, I just don't give a shit. It's not. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> and it's like, and but the, and you know they'll be like, well, boxing's physical, and it's like, yeah. Also, people box. Two times a year, mm-hmm. three times a year, you have a UFC fight. Also, if you're, you're a, not, if you're like Mike Hoffman, let's say, who does one thing, one thing very well, you're signing up for hockey, and you know that there's a physicality to it. You know there's some <coughs> stuff to that, but you you don't think oh, I'm gonna get like always punched in the face. In boxing, you're like I understand, but I will always be getting punched in the face. So there's a little bit of understanding where it's like, yo, in hockey I get some physicality, but if all of a sudden that's happening to me all the time, like, whoa, 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 I'm here to score goals from the fucking circle, baby. I'm not here to get my fucking brains bashed in. Yeah. Well, it's also like, it's almost like they're trying to pretend hockey is Quidditch, where there's like two totally separate things happening. (laughs) Yeah. All of hockey is about taking pucks and putting them in a net. That is what's fundamental to hockey. Not punching people, not even hitting people. You know? Mm. Well, that's what's funny. I didn't <laughs> Women get... play hockey. They don't beat each other, and they don't hit as much. I don't know if they hit at all. 
And it's still hockey. It's fundamentally recognizable as hockey. You watch an IHL game, World Junior Championship, I'll tell you from experience, it's better hockey. It's not worse hockey. It's not different hockey. It's better hockey. Because it's fast, and it's loose, and it's bigger ice, and they're not freaking brawling for 10 hours. And yeah, sometimes it's... You know, the USA steamrolling the Czech Republic 12 to nothing. But when it's the USA versus Canada or Russia versus Sweden, it's better hockey. It's not worse hockey. And if you want the fighting, then you can go watch boxing. Exactly. There's, a, there's or sports get for drunk that. and find somebody who will tangle with you in Alton <laughs> at freaking, uh, what's it? What's that guy? Uh, Fast Eddie's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Go to Fast Eddie's and look for a brawl. I'm sure somebody will oblige. I'm sure Fast Eddie will fight, yeah. <laughs> sure you will. I'll tell you what, you buy, you, so you, buy, you buy enough dollar kebabs, he'll fight anybody. Oh, whenever they're like, whatever on a stick, I'm like, I'm not eating anything <laughs> off a stick. <laughs> not off of one of your sticks, but... Uh, yeah, that's actually, that's a really good point. I think that's really good. Like, college hockey, all these different levels of hockey don't have that. They still have emotion. They still have hitting. There's still guys pushing and shoving. I'm not saying you can't take a swing at somebody. You can. You will then be fined or suspended. I'm just saying, like, there's got to be a line. And the problem is they let it go over the line, and then they just fucking willy-nilly define it. They go, you cross the line, and this time it's like a game. And I guess this time it's like ten games, and I guess this time it's nothing. It's like you cross the line into the fucking abyss of, like, what is it? Do you like it or not? And they're like, well, I don't know. And then they just leave it there. And it's like, no, when you cross the line, it's fucking hammer, baby. And that's another problem you could solve by saying, here's the thing, any fighting five-game suspension, then there's no fighting in hockey yeah, anymore. you just kill it, baby. You kill it. You, you can just end the whole thing like Thanos. Well, then only half. Then there's well, still be some fighting. Or half fighting. But... Everything in perfect balance as it's supposed to be. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, think of it. Think back to the Blues Stanley Cup run. Yeah. There's only one fight you remember from that entire season, and it happened in the Blues practice. Oh, I was about to say, I don't even remember. But, yes, 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 yes. What are the moments you remember? Pat Maroon knocking in the puck in double overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hand pass, which was a rules violation, but it wasn't a fight. We're not playing handball. Um, Tarasenko's penalty shot, maybe. Yeah. Uh, James uh, Schwartz hat trick. Um, Two yep, hat tricks. Yep. Carl Gunnarsson's goal. <laughs> Jordan Bennington's save. Yeah. Uh, and obviously all the goals in the final game. The the weird uh, Braden Shin or Tyler Bozak or Jaden Schwartz goal in game four. Five in Winnipeg, whatever. Oh, short school, yeah. You don't remember fights. You don't even remember hits. I guess you remember the Krug hit on Robert Thomas. But, like, that's... It's not... That's it. I mean, the one... I just, I, I guess we got We should stop arguing it since it's nine thirty and the games. How long have we been talking? Uh, an hour and seventeen minutes. Holy but like, shit! I really, I thought like we'd go long, but I thought it was gonna be like, I thought it'd be thirty minutes. Honestly, I could do another half hour just reading some of the tweets if I went back to our uh, from Wednesday. Went back to our uh, conversations from Wednesday and just some of the stuff we talked about, like. It's some. It's it's all of that stuff is just cancer to me. Of like, 
that's just that attitude is just so corrupt to me and it's i don't get it i don't fighting should be deleted from hockey fundamentally in my opinion yeah it's like i get that's not everyone i get some people like that stuff but it's just like i don't need a man I don't like, I don't need the fighting part. I don't need the, I don't need the people sitting, especially the people laying on top of each other, smacking each other in the head. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It feels weird. feels weird. Yeah. It's like, and I wouldn't, also, I wouldn't be cheering that on in real life. So why would I be like, yeah, I think this is fine here. Right. Also like, like you pointed out at some point on Tuesday, Andrew Shaw just retired because of concussions. Yeah. What the fuck? David Perron doesn't remember periods of his life. Because of concussions. Can we stop? And they want to st- have it both ways. They're like, we care. We I, we promise we care. Although I don't think they even they really even, ever say No, they don't I really even, they don't even go that far. That they, don't. they don't care. They I don't, don't hear them go, we really want to They get, don't even pretend to care. They, they'll say, we want to get headshots out of the game. And that's it. But that's as far as... I know, and they, yeah, they don't do that shit either. That's as far as they'll take it. As far as like we don't like concussions, they'll just be like we don't want headshots. That's it. Tom Wilson punching Artemi Panarin's head isn't necessarily any safer than him checking Artemi Panarin's head. That's the thing. That's what's that's what's crazy, crazy. You can elbow a guy and it's mayhem. It's mm-hmm. like no way, Jose. The refs are going all over. They grabbed everybody. No one's doing nothing because that's illegal. But yeah, I can do that same thing where the pointy end of my arm <laughs> ends at the bottom into a bunch of little tentacles that I can roll up into a fist and smack you in the face with it, with my bones in my skin. Just I, like the other thing at the end there. I you like how I described elbows in your fist? <laughs> That's how, you can just do that. I occasionally look at my fist when I'm just like typing or whatever, yeah. and it's it's a club. It's a literal club at the end of your hands if you ball up your hand. Mm. And it has the ability to strike like a club. And it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's not going to change. And it's not even, like... The, the sad thing is when people go, there's there's going to have to be someone's career ended. I'm like, it's going to have to be someone... Like somebody, well, well, it's gonna be a top ten dude because people's careers have ended. People's like people talk about what the Todd Bertuzzi thing, right? Yeah, nothing changed. I mean, like obviously there's been less fighting. I get they've done more for safety, but I'm just saying like they didn't go no more of this bullshit ever. That's insane. They just we've seen it happen and nothing fundamentally changes all that much. So like you're gonna need. Like Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or, you know, Austin Matthews to get like, I don't know, their jaw broken or something from a, I mean, even that, or like be sat on by somebody. But the thing is, the thing is, I mean, we've been going this long anyways. The thing is, hey, if it, first period's almost over, okay. so we might as well just keep rolling. If it was one of those players, an Austin Matthews, a Connor McDavid, whatever, and this happened to them, Tom Wilson suspended, baby. But oh. this happened to Pavel Bushnevich. This happened Let's to Artemi Panarin. No, I'm, I'm glad you went there because this is ki- definitely a point I wanted to make. The two biggest yeah. stories, other than you know, there have been a lot, but two of the biggest controversies this week were the decisions. Were apparently people have decided that Carol Kaprizov is now shouldn't be eligible for uh, the Calder Trophy, mm. which he just is by the rules he just is so it's not a discussion even if you want to say in the future players that are 24 have come over 
That's fine. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's fine. But Kirill Kaprizov is either way, so it doesn't matter. And then this thing. Kaprizov, Buchnevich, and Panarin all have one thing in common. And listen, I'm not... This isn't like... I don't... It's not the same as, like, racism. But there is a Russian xenophobia in the NHL. And it's constant. And maybe it's not even that as much as there's a Canadian... Yeah, that's suit, what I was saying, Whatever yeah. the opposite of xenophobia is. If any of those... If, if Artemi Panarin was from, as you said, Kingston, Ontario, Tom Wilson is suspended. 100%. I don't doubt that for a second. I really don't. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe people think I'm crazy. That's because these are soft Europeans. They're too soft. Like, he wouldn't have got his brains bashed right. if he was a tougher Saskatchewan boy. Right. And, like, do I believe that completely? No. But do I believe a little bit? Yeah, I do. I think they... I think the fact that these guys are not your Canadian boys in the Canadian market... When a league Tom run Wilson, by Canadian or American? Uh man, I don't know. I gotta be a I Canadian. Think he's Canadian. Right? He's a scumbag. You know who's American? George Paris. Ugh. But I mean, once you're in the league he, long he enough, he went you're kind to have him. Yeah, exactly. Tom well, Wilson was from Plymouth, Ontario, or Toronto, Ontario. But like, if this is dude's only twenty-seven, shit. <laughs> We've got a. De- we could have like eight more years of this guy. Yeah. Put him down. And the thing is, it, there's always he's, a little bit where you're like, oh, I haven't heard from him in a while, but it keeps happening. He's leading the league in penalty minutes. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he, th- With him specifically, he's going to end someone's career on the ice. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's kind of crazy it hasn't happened already. He's shortened careers already, I'm sure. I don't, and I don't know. We don't know the extent of Panarin's injuries. It's probably fine, but mm-hmm. like, he's going to end a career, and then and then some of the same people now who are like, we just need tougher people. Then they'll be outraged, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "Oh, he crossed the line." By the way, I'm I'm a little torn because part of me wants to applaud him for what he did, but don't take the high road, John Scott. Oh, don't yeah. act like that wasn't you, man. Yeah. Can we get, can we get, just can we get entirely out of the habit of caring what enforcers say <laughs> I know, about like, this stuff? I'm like, I don't care, man. Yeah, if the, you want to, if you, ask me how Pavel Bure feels about what happened to Artemi Panarin. That's the thing I care a lot more about. <laughs> if Pavel Bure says, you know, he really shouldn't have jumped on Wilson's back and he put himself in a vulnerable p- position, at least that, I'm like, okay, you're a similar player from a similar background. I, I care a lot more about you saying it than if Jeff Merrick says it or Tom's or whatever, John Scott says it. Yeah. And this whole, like, either way, like, either side of the aisle you are on as an enforcer, you're either a hypocrite or you're self-interested. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, for enforcers, too, it's kind of like asking, like, a hammer what to do about something. Well, have you yeah. tried smashing it yeah it's like yeah because that's what you do and it's like yeah if you're an enforcer you're like well obviously we gotta we got we need people to fight you know keep that out as a deterrent it's like yeah of course because that's the only option for you yeah like and i don't and i don't also, of course i don't put it past them because that's just their whole thing that was their career but. honestly i didn't want to go on this as much not this whole thing but this specifically i didn't want to allow this to be said as much as it has been before i said 
what do we think happened in the 80s and 90s? How do we think people got 3,000 penalty minutes? Mm -hmm. It's because they kept doing this stuff. And maybe they didn't do it to Wayne Gretzky much. But who are the people now that have the brain injuries that are killing themselves? It's all the people that had the violence in the 80s and the 90s. It wasn't out of the game. Steve... Steve uh, Dangle made this point really effectively on his Dangus video this week. He's like, Google any bad thing you can think of from hockey, and you'll find a compilation of, you know, Tony Twist doing... I don't mean to pick on Tony Twist. He's just the example I know best because he was local. But, like, you know, you'll find Tiger Williams and whoever. Like, all these people who are venerated for some reason for their violence is like, it's just, there's no angle of this that I like or respect or admire. And the solution is so obvious. And the problem is like, it just feels so disheartening because it doesn't even feel like we're close, you know? Yeah, it just doesn't feel like there's any change. And again, I don't, I'm not trying to minimize breaking the color barrier by comparing it to this, but like, it's not like Jackie Robinson just showed up one day and they were like, this is fine. That was the conversation probably for at least a decade or more, probably for a lot longer than that, until finally it got to the point where he could do it. So, like, we're not even having the talk about getting fighting out of the game. I wish there I wish there was one guy, any guy, Sean McIndoe, Ryan Lambert, whoever, like any person who is vocal in the Twitter community or in the hockey community, where that could be their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Wyshynski and Jeff Merrick got John Scott to be the All-Star Game captain. Mm -hmm. Good for you. That was a a hilarious prank, and you really screwed the NHL. And I'm not even really really even upset, because the NHL deserved to be screwed. They were acting like assholes. But, like, I wish anyone could show that same passion about head injuries, about brain trauma, about concussions... We have every day in the NHL, every year in the NHL, Bell Let's Talk Day is a big thing. Yeah. Every hockey, hockey players will send like two tweets a year and one of them is always Bell Let's Talk. They pretend that they care about it. And I'm not saying the hockey players don't, but the league pretends to give a crap. The media pretends to give a crap. And then we talk about stuff like Tom Wilson and we don't even talk about that. We don't even talk about head trauma or brain injuries or mental health or post-traumatic stress syndrome or any of the consequences that this could have could have had. And even if it doesn't, even if this instance doesn't, that doesn't mean those consequences aren't real or couldn't happen in the same circumstance in an otherwise, in another situation or whatever. It's just like... It's, I'm just tired of the halfway hypocrisy of this league. And I guess that's what I've got to say, because we're just going to keep talking in circles. That's a wrap. Unless you have anything to add. I think we're at the intermission now, so you want to talk about anything else before we get into the blues stuff? <laughs> I do want to talk about the Kaprizov thing, actually. Um, shut up. <laughs> Next topic. I don't, like, listen, Jason Robertson's had a hell of a season. Mm. I was actually surprised by statistically how close they were in just terms, yeah. in terms of raw points. Some closer of a race Carol Kaprizov think. has transformed a franchise. He has made the most boring, mediocre, irrelevant franchise into can't-miss hockey. And those things count. 
And I'm sorry it's not close. And I know that people want to be xenophobic. And I know Jason Robertson's a good California boy who played in juniors like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. He played the right way. He went up through the OHL. Oh, boy. Yeah, isn't this literally Ooh. just the... That's pretty much he what people want. He was a Mississauga Steelhead or a freaking Barry Colt or a Flint Firebird. And oh, boy, he loved it. We only want people that come through in the traditional sense to the NHL to be able to get this award, essentially. And that's it. Like, listen, he was a Kingston Frontenac. Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the little thing you did. Uh, I I think junior hockey is one of the coolest things about hockey. But it's also nerd-level crap. Mm-hmm. Nobody you're trying to convince to like hockey is going to fall in love with it because Jason Robertson played on the Kingston Frontenacs. How many more people do you think care about hockey this year in Minnesota? I know it was already the state of hockey. But how many more, even if they were like half-assed Wild fans before, how many more people are like tuning into games? How much better are their ratings? I bet it's, I bet it's a lot better. Don't yeah. you think? It's probably a lot better because they're one of the best teams in hockey right now and it all centers around one kid. And yeah, Joel Erickson X's been really good. And yeah, Cam Talbot's, Talbot's overperforming. And yeah, Jordan Greenway looks great. Like, there are other factors, but that dude is the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. And for you to say that he doesn't deserve it because he played in Russia or something, I have two problems with that. First of all, if that's your take, change the rule. It's stupid that you want to change the rule for point number two, but fine, change it. Mm-hmm. But secondly, if the NHL is convinced, as it should be, quite frankly, that it's the biggest, baddest league in the world and that it's the Premier League, then it should be hard to transition into it any time. And therefore, it shouldn't matter. If you're the NHL Rookie of the Year, you're the NHL Rookie of the Year, and quite frankly, it shouldn't matter if you're 18, 24, or 36. Yeah, I was going to say, and how many years? How how many KHL players come over and look fine at right. best like tons of them most of them yeah. in fact are like they were all right so like don't worry about right. the fact how they played years, with men how in many the years KHL. is there a nikita gusev yeah who isn't even in contention for the calder trophy or who's that guy that signed for like a game in vegas and couldn't even make yeah it? who's that guy that toronto hyped for a year because they signed him like a year ago and he was a khl defensive oh, scoring champion and or... he couldn't make it yeah it, it's not easy. It's not the same game. And to transition over, and it's not its not like he's pretty good. He's dominating the NHL. Yeah. He's making full-grown-ass NHL defenders look silly. Mm-hmm. And What blows my mind sometimes, too, is they'll talk about like an age thing. Like, so is Markov, right? Markov came over uh-huh. at like 28 or right. 29, had a great season, and then they gave him the Calder. And then people were like, that's not fair. That's not the spirit of the award. But the thing of it is that I always wonder is like, aren't you always going up against competition for any award? So like they'll say, well, it's not fair because he's older and he's played against men. And so these other guys, this 18 year old kid has not and he got brought in. That's not Mm -hmm. fair. And you're like, okay, be, I know it's, I get there's a gap. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen because this is his first season in the NHL, and he's better than the 18-year-old. Right. Imagine, if you will, 
that you come into the league as a goalie, uh-huh. and it's your first, it's your first, second year. I don't give a shit, and you're the and you're a goalie, but also Tuka Rask exists in the league, and he has an amazing season. He gets the Vesna, and you go, well, I came, I had like a, I had like a really good season. Like, yeah, it was like probably fourth best, and it's like, well, that's unfair. It's unfair that Tuka Rask exists. Right. Period, and right. he's just better than you. I. That's what I don't understand is like, they're like, well, this 18 year old could never beat this 28 year old. I'm like, I bet you he could if he was really good. And the thing of it is, if you get to the point where it's like, it's a 28 year old, it's 38 year old, I don't give a shit against like this 18 year old kid and they're both really good and it's really close. I bet you they'll give it to the 18 year old and that's fine. That's great. Cause they'll say that's the spirit of the award and it's harder for him or whatever. But if there's a, someone who is their first year in the league regardless of age and they're just really good mm-hmm. then you get the rookie award you get the reward for being the best rookie well, the, the other thing there's so many aspects of that that bother me nobody nobody thinks jason robertson actually deserves the award more than carol Cameron. oh yeah this is, is just no a made-up story so it's made up and it's made up because they want people they want things to talk about you'll notice nobody's talking about it now because tom wilson helped him out with that so <laughs> great job tommy but like so that's thing number one. Thing number two is there is an award in the NHL that is called the Norris Trophy. And by definition, it should go to the best defenseman in the NHL. And most years, it goes to one of the defensemen, one of the four or five defensemen at the top of the scoring leaderboard. Every points. year. <laughs> Adam Fox is being discussed as a Norris caliber person, and the only reason, the only reason, is that he has like 40 assists. And I love Adam Fox, and he's a hell of a... He's like Vince Dunn on crack. He's great. <laughs> but that's the only reason. You're not arguing he's a better defenseman than Victor Hedman? Certainly not. You're not arguing that he's a better defenseman than Joel Edmondson. I don't. Joel Edmondson has had a block like a gazillion shots and like had like a plus thirty five for a long time. I may have dropped off, but like you got to block shots when Jake Allen won't. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so most of the time, um, he. So so don't talk to me about the spirit of the award if nobody's gonna stand up and say, "Hey, this is stupid." Every year, people debate. Well. You know, this year, Connor McDavid absolutely should win the MVP. Mm-hmm. But every other year, they're like, well, Connor McDavid really shouldn't win it because... or not, They're actually, it's the opposite of that. Connor McDavid won't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, it's still got to be Connor McDavid because he's the best player. I'm sorry, it's a most valuable player award. There is a best player award. It's a separate thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what really bothers me about that. If you want to say it's the spirit of the award, then give it in the spirit of the award, not I not some made up spirit that you decided. Mm-hmm. The spirit of the award is best player in the first year of his NHL career. Yeah, Barrett Jackman won the award once because he was in the first year of his NHL career, and they decided that he was the best by whatever decision. Should they have just given it to Henrik Zetterberg because he was clearly a better, yeah. more skilled player? Like, what's when does it stop? Nobody ever said Austin Matthews shouldn't win it because he played a, a professional year in uh, Austria last year, wherever he was. And then people say, well, that's different. He was young. And it's like, okay, but where's the line? It's also different because he's playing for the Maple Leafs. And nobody was going to say that crap because everyone 
and the league is bought in on the Maple Leafs. So, well, like, so I'm like, is it just an age thing then? I'm like, so just put it at an age, but then you'll get a 25-year-old who's amazing in the rookie season, and he... Also... And you're like, it's just always going to be an issue where it's like, also, if it's Kiro, never that perfect 18-year-old If Kirill Kaprizov was ineligible this year, mm-hmm. whoever won it, let's say, let's assume it is Jason Robertson, would be a pretender. He would look like... Well, that's what I mean. People would say, okay, I'm yeah, 100% everyone, Wyshynski, whoever, all these media people would be like, well, Jason Robertson won, but you know, the, the Kiel Krapersov was out there and he was playing amazing and had, you know, a better season. So really, isn't he kind of like the best rookie or like uh-huh. the best new guy on the scene? And be like, yeah, so now we've pretty much all agreed that, yeah, that should have been his yeah. award. Also, the whole thing where we're worried like some 32-year-old's going to win it. Um, when has that ever happened? Like Markov, and so they freaked out. Like uh-huh. I might not know, but like I don't think this happens all the time. So like, look, look the poor eighteen year old who didn't win it in the eye and go, sorry, like sorry. You were, also, like you were the second best rookie this year. Yeah. What is Rick Nash's career invalidated because he lost it to Baron Jackman? Hmm. Connor McDavid didn't win it, did he? Are we talking about that? No, Pernarin won it. See, but they didn't like it that year either. <laughs> well, of course, because he's Russian. Yeah. But also, McDavid was hurt half the year. Yeah. So. Well, people will talk about that too. Are like, well, you know, it's kind of like McDavid won it because he was just because it's because of the injury. I'm like, dude, okay, like ifs and buts, baby. I don't care anymore. Nobody ever looks back on your career and says, well, you didn't win the Calder Trophy. Is there any problem? We weren't very good. I was like, yeah, no, who doesn't win the Calder Trophy? Like the other, like, I don't know how many new people you get in the year, but like the other hundred people that it was their first By season. By the same man. logic, you could just decide that if you were drafted first overall, you shouldn't be eligible because you're obviously better than the other people. Yeah, right? That's or, what I mean. Like, what you could do whatever. I don't. Like, That's what I mean. You're a rookie, and you go, man, but it's not fair that Austin Matthews, that and, I'm in his rookie year, and be like, yeah, sorry. And also, like, what about sorry. goalies? Ed Belfour won it at 25. Ken Dryden won it at 24. Goalies get developed longer and get to the league later. So if you put an age requirement on it, yeah. you're just basically disqualifying goalies. So I've heard people say, oh, well, it should be different for goalies. And my thing is, if you're going to paper mache this award to, like, if this, asterisk that, then this, then... I'm like... Dude, this is not a fucking award anymore. Yeah. You've literally, I'm telling you, again, they've basically said, I want the three guys that come through junior hockey that haven't played, maybe they've played one AHL season or a little part of one. Yeah. Those guys, the best of those three, they get the call there. Then just, yeah. I mean, honestly, you should just make it the OHL award at that yeah, point. Yeah, just like, it's so stupid. Because, it's like, so what's dumb. the, that's what they want because they don't care about college hockey either. Mm. Adam Fox. Uh, what if he? What if he'd had this season one season sooner, and he was twenty three and fresh out of NCAA? Kale McCarr came out in NCAA. He was twenty one. Isn't that an unfair advantage? He's not eighteen. He was winning it against people who were eighteen. Isn't that unfair? Or is it okay because he's Canadian? Like what's? It's it's stupid. It's stupid. Just have it be. Here's it, that's the thing. Ultimately, like whatever other thing that you want to impose on this award mm. wouldn't it be much simpler to just have it go to the best player in his first season in the nhl yeah it's like, isn't that the deus ex machina here what it already is yeah. isn't that the so- simple solution that's what i mean there's no problem there's, there's no problem yeah you're inventing an issue and then trying to solve it it's like you know like the jack adams award Everybody knows it doesn't go to the 
coach with the highest best record it goes to the coach who made the most out of the least Mm -hmm. but like this year should it go to joel quinville yeah probably because like nobody expected the panthers to be a a president's trophy contender you know but even okay but who else would it be like i don't even know the rest of the league this year i feel so disconnected (laughs) but like is it is it uh sheldon keith sure I mean, they'll probably consider him. Or do you, like, give it to, I don't know, whoever. Like... Barry Trotz. What do you, like... And that's the that's also the thing I hate is, like, there are people who vote on this. So let them vote. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I don't really care what you think about Carol Kaprizov. Let Carol Kaprizov be the guy who wins it. And I just, I want to clarify, I debated this with our friend, uh... Kurt Price on Twitter and none of this is directed at him because it's a bigger debate even though we were on opposite sides of the debate it's mm-hmm. just like and all of his opinions I totally get it like I get where they're coming from mm-hmm. it's not like it's unfounded it's not like Kirill Kaprizov didn't have more experience and tougher competition and stuff but the award is for the first the guy in their first year of competition and that's what the award is and I don't know why you'd want to change that but if you do, you can change it, but that still doesn't affect Kirill Kaprizov, you know? Yeah. Um, boy, anyway. Uh, <laughs> a couple of cool things happened this week. Um, before, you know, we'll take our break here in a minute to go watch the second and third period. Uh, tied one-to-one after uh, Ryan O'Reilly scored the equalizing goal in the final two minutes. Um, assists from, who do you think? Give me the assist oh, on the shorthanded goal. Oh, well. It was shorthanded? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't apparently see it so good <laughs> then, did you, punk? Um, Justin Falk and somebody. The TJ Oshie story, super cool. Yeah. I mean, not cool that his dad died, obviously, but like... Heartwarming. A player that wears his heart on his sleeve, you know, I think nobody in St. Louis that doesn't love TJ Oshie, no hard feelings about his departure, not that it was his fault in any way. Um, really great story. I did not expect to be run over as hard by the emotional train with the David Backus stuff as I was. Um, that hit me. And honestly, earlier in the same week, I was kind of like, I was seeing some people treating David Backus a little more like Al McKinnis or, you know, Brett Hall level of blues, mm-hmm. blues legend. And I was like, let's pump the brakes on that. But then when I saw all this stuff, I was like, oh man, that's my captain. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hope he gets a role with the organization. But It's crazy he was only captain for five seasons, which is as long as I think his Petrangelo yeah. was. We were like, huh? But he's like the, but he'd been there he was the yeah. face of that rebuild. So he felt like the captain. I, feel I mean, like he pretty like much a lot longer. He was the captain in waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Man, I think more than I guess because Steen just retired, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe Alexander Steen's is close as close as I can think of. But like more than T.J. Oshie, all respect to T.J. Oshie, but more than Oshie, more than more than um, Berglund, more than like Petrangelo Perron. even or Perron. Like Perron's going to be hard. For that's going to be hard, but he's still here, so yeah. I feel like it's different. But like. David Backus is kind of like turning the clock back to like, oh shit. Like, for some reason, I don't even think about 
and maybe I've blocked it out of my head, but I don't think about David Backus in the like 2014, 15, 16 sense of like, shit, we just can't get it done. Mm-hmm. I think of David Backus in like the eternal optimism, of like the, the 2009 the through yeah. like 2013 uh-huh. sense from like, shit, we're just sure. getting the shit kicked out of us by the, well, not really, but like against like the Kings or whoever. No, I know exactly what like, you're saying though. Like you associate him more with optimism yeah. than the frustration you had when like, he was leading the team. You aren't thinking about like, we got to look in the mirror. Yeah. You know? You're thinking about like, man, he's the face of the rebuild. And then, and then ultimately finally got it done yeah. and he wasn't here. And really the team was totally different, but like, it was a story that built. Yeah. It was like with his rises and falls. That his whole win, time. his win was going out on the high note of getting to the conference finals yeah. and like beating the Blackhawks finally to get out of the first round. And like, and he, he played a big part in that never, in those games, too. Like, a huge part. Yeah, and we never would have won the Cup if he'd stayed. I don't no, like to yeah. say that. I mean, just, like, well, we even just money-wise. Yeah. We wouldn't have done so many things. And But I think he's the guy, too, of all of them. I mean, it helps because T.J. Oshie won a Cup, too. But, like, of everyone that didn't win a Cup for the Blues that that was on this team in mm. our since we've been watching them since, like, 2009 or whatever... That's the guy I wish would have won it the most with yeah. us, I think. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. He just poured his heart out. And like you said, yeah, I think prior to this, I definitely was I like... I mean, it was cool to see Steen and Bowmeister and yeah. these guys do it, but like, he's oh, the number one. I mean, I'm glad they were, but he's the number one that didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. I just... It, it, it killed me watching that dude tear up. It just fucking killed me. Like, because it was just like... You, could, you just don't see that as much well, you see a lot yeah. of guys where there's they're kind of smiling and they'll kind of like you can see that they're like yeah I, I, choked, I choked up yeah. a little bit there but he was he like he broke down he fucking broke and it was like and then too he did much again in the after interview uh, <laughs> it was too much when uh what was it i think it was like ray Brilli. i think that's when he when i first saw him hug ray Brilli, and i was like oh no because uh. he was like red in the face like oh no <laughs> and then he got to like i kind of wish we had some other guys here uh. too like, because we have Schwartz and Prom, but that's really kind of it. They talked about former players, like Pareko was one season, just the uh-huh. one season in 16. But, like, I kind of wish Steen was there, or or Jackman, or Petrangelo, and yeah, stuff. And it was like, guys, I wish. I mean, Jackman's come. in the organization. I get, like, these guys have other shit that they're right. like, doing or whatever. But I just mean, like, it would have been cool if somehow they were still on this team. Because I was like, man, it was just. It was crazy to see, and it's funny when he's, like, shaking people's hands that, like, are on this team, where it's like, Jordan Cairo, I, we drafted you the year after I left, so right. I have no idea who you are. But, like, Bennington, even, I'm like, hey, do you remember Jordan if Bennington? Because remember how he was in training camps if, with you every so yeah. often? If Jordan Cairo and David Backus had played in any other game, David Backus would have run him into the <laughs> I felt I felt a little bad inside for some reason. I was like, oh, David, I feel bad for all the times where I... You left and I kind of ragged you. You're like, yeah, this dude just fucking fights 18 year olds like a little bitch. <laughs> but he would have. He would oh, he would have. Sure. Yeah, he would have fought Robert 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, I really hope. <laughs> Two things. I would love for him to have a job in the organization. Oh, yeah. And uh, as long as he wants it and be here. And I hope he does. But everybody should check out the interview he did with 31 Thoughts and the one he did with Panger. I didn't realize. That dude could be a broadcaster. He's got a much bigger personality yeah. than I thought he did. And he's he, a really good talker. And he, uh, 
there are a lot of broadcast jobs opening up in the NHL right now. Yeah. And so... But, like, was that your field, though? Because, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes... Or, you know what? Bernie Federica is going to need a replacement here. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or even warming. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, does did you feel that way? Because we've... We listen to 31 Thoughts, and we'll hear the random guys they talk to. And uh-huh. You get a lot of relatively cookie-cutter guys. Right. When people stand out, they don't even stand out. They're not even that different. Right. But because they're even a little different, you're like, whoa, that guy stood yeah. out. Because they're all pretty much the same. David Backus did. like Maybe because he's not. Maybe because they were talking about his career, and he's well, done. Well, he clearly didn't have... A filter. Yeah, and maybe he was not doing the we gotta look in the mirror but and like, that's, try that's, for each other. That's what the league needs more of. Yeah, right? He felt way different when they interviewed him. Where I mean, not different from when he was here, but just like a different player, well, he talked, a different kind of you know, person. He, he talked a couple of times about like being drunk and stuff, and it's like, I'm an adult. I know that you are you do that a lot when you're a professional mm. athlete, but it's like cooler to hear you say it and tell that story yeah. honestly. And he even at one point was like, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Part of the reason we started the dog charity was to make St. Louis love us so much that they couldn't send us down or trade us or anything. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, when, <laughs> you would never hear, yeah. oh, I just, I do it because I love animals, you know, four-legged friends, yeah. best companion. And like, but you it's know. it's still even different from like a... And how cool, this dude literally flew, like, flies a plane to rescue animals. He literally flew animals out of Russia during the Sochi Olympics. Like, He's got a cool story. He's obviously got a big heart. Like, that's what the game needs more of. And I hope that he does get a role in broadcasting if he wants it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I would love him to be the Federico replacement. Not that I necessarily want Federico gone right away, but like, or right whoever. Away. And if it can't be that, then do a few national games a year and, you know, be in the organization the rest of the time. Like, I don't know. It's just like. It really, it was great for me because, like, I I don't want to say I ever felt nothing about David Backus, but I do think I kind of minimized his importance to myself after he left. I was pretty pissed. Oh, when, when he, he left, left, I wasn't happy. And I was pretty pissed about the, you know, the, and I've said it before on the podcast about the, like, tearful, like, oh, it was the hardest decision of my life. And it was like, but it wasn't because you did it <laughs> and you didn't have to do it because yeah. you could have just signed for one last year. And I'm glad he didn't. In hindsight, for the franchise, but like it would have been cool to have him play all 965 games here or whatever. Oh man, when I saw 965, I was like, oh, if only one season you weren't quite so injured, or if you weren't just like beat to hell now. I'm like, oh, a thousand, baby, come on. Uh, But um, yeah, really, it just made me fall back in love with him and, and two 30 goal plus seasons <laughs> i when the, i was like excuse when, me at one point during the interview jeff merrick or one of them said i think he had like 30 or 35 goals that year i was like he did not jeff and then i looked it up and i was like oh my god i do remember at least one because even that even in that season people were like holy shit he scored a lot of goals <laughs> <laughs> like but yeah i mean i think you're right i think it's i mean it's been a long time it's been five years and uh, since he's since he left, and you kind of forget, you kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it was a big deal, but it ended with no cup. So what you gonna do? But right. back then, you're right. It was just optimism from the time he got here all the way to the end. He, we went from no playoffs constantly to making the conference finals, and I don't think without him, this team is where it's at today. I have to say one thing. It's oh, no. gonna sound disrespectful. It's because it, <laughs> it is. But when he. <laughs> 
<laughs> when they asked him about the players he played against that made the biggest difference in his career. And obviously, I'm pretty certain that uh, Merrick was fishing for Taves because yeah. he's got like a shrine to Jonathan Taves in his freaking uh, house. Jeff Merrick yeah. has a weird obsession with Jonathan Taves. But um, he went through DJ King and then he then finally did circle back around to Taves. But when he talked about Taves, all I could think about was the uh, Avengers scene where Scarlet Witch says, you took everything from me. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't even know who you are. I know. I think that was... Like that, it really, I mean, like... That's how it always felt, though, honestly. In, it in always felt leagues, like he was second string. In the league's eyes, and even just in the reality of what they accomplished, it really does feel like Big Brother, Little Brother. But it, like, it, uh, it made me happy, though, um, after the interview... I'm glad I listened to the last five minutes when Jeff Merrick was really like I really he's like I really liked watching David Backus so mm-hmm. like that was powers was he was like one of my favorite players and I was like wow I don't know you but just like, don't you don't hear that you don't hear much Blues player praise I feel like on the national level uh-huh. they'll talk about them having good players but to have someone on the national level be like oh one of their players is like one of my favorite players yeah. is pretty crazy yeah and I think that's just evidence of you know playing the game correctly. You can play physically, right? right. You can play. You, David Backus had some red mist. I don't think he ever brained anybody. But like, yeah, and people hated him. But like, not because he's injuring people. I don't. Does he even ever have a suspension ever? I'm guessing like one. Probably. Uh, the last thing, last league thing. Connor McDavid's a god, but also he's only playing in the Canadian division, which doesn't minimize it, but shouldn't it just a little <laughs> bit and. That's kind of my whole thing. Do you have any thoughts on Connor McDavid? And then we will for sure pause it and come back. Uh, he's just a freak. Sometimes I think about these people and I'm like, you breathe the same air I do. You have all the same, you have all the same muscles in mm-hmm. your body and bones that I have. And yet somehow you can do things that no other human being can do. And it kind of boggles my mind. I don't know how you get 100 points in 56 games. That's redonk, especially in today's game. Mm-hmm. He has been suspended a couple of times. Oh, Bacchus? He was a repeat offender, but I think... Oh, that only, makes sense. I think it was only two. Look, uh, he rides the line the right way. That's right. Two is not Tom Wilson. That's all I will say. So, uh, folks, it's already been a two-hour oh, podcast. Oh, and we haven't even touched games yet. So it's up to you if you stay, but we will be back. As you already know, for you it'll be no time. For us it'll be like an hour and a half. So, you know, we'll see you when we see you. Two hours later. And we're back. And the Blues are a playoff team. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> it was much it. rejoicing. We finally did it. We lost in overtime Ooh, and make it to the playoffs. You know, I have a lot of thoughts. The first thought is that, hey, we're a playoff team. We did it. It's good. They've done it. It's successful. And good for them. We said a number of times, if they made the playoffs, they will have made the playoffs. <laughs> and they did it. So on the one hand, great work. On the other hand, this isn't a good team yet or anything. No. I we can we can we can go through these games real quick. We beat the we beat the Ducks three to one. Who cares? Anything stand out to you? Oh, that's the Perron game. So, oh wait, I'm starting at the bottom. I'm sorry, I was in the middle of the notes. So, two Minnesota games. Yep. Both of them we tried to collapse. One of them we collapsed all the way. The other one we collapsed all the way, but then won. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they were uh, statistically they were kind of the same game. Yeah, and Minnesota um, on the season I think has like had a crazy amount of comeback victories. Mm-hmm. So you know that's you're, if you're in their division with them like we are, it's going to happen to you. Um, I'm not like I know it can't all be about Corsi, but is it uncomfortable to you that we are down on the Corsi in every game? I know, right? Well, that's the thing. So, but also because we're just not taking shots, or like, <laughs> I think we might be. I think I saw a chart today where it was like you know the four quadrants: the mm-hmm. good or the exciting, boring, good, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as, like, expected goals for versus expected goals against, we're, like, in the middle of the pack for expected goals against. But we're, like, I think we're bottom. We might literally be 31st. Yeah. In expected goals for. Like, we just... Eh, the, that's not good. No team that's that low in expected goals for is going very far. There's a clear... Um, gap between us and the three teams above us we have beaten all the three teams above us but convincingly like that's i don't want i I don't want to be negative but (laughs) do it i love david perron who was asked if the next two games against vegas can be used as measuring sticks and he said i'll tell you in two days if we want to use them Not so good. Don't want to use those. Not this one. Not this one. Uh, I I just... I don't want the fact that they made the playoffs to confuse anyone from the fact that they're not ultimately good. They're not... Maybe they're not as bad as I thought. I mean, we're going to make the playoffs with a negative goal differential, are we not? I mean, it'll be pretty close to zero, but... Yeah. Not great. But, like, it's just, they're fundamentally flawed. I wrote an article this week about the defense. So, uh, Enjoy this. <laughs> for those who can't view this, Ian is holding what I believe is just a rolled up piece of construction plate. It's a wizard staff. That I <laughs> rolled into a tube long ago. The tube's, what, about three feet long, maybe? Yeah. And Ian is holding it to his eye, looking through it like a periscope. I can only see your eye. It's so, kind of uncomfortable <laughs> if I'm just talking to your eye. Well, you know, that's my eye. Um, but I wrote the article about just the, the defense is mismatched. The whole team feels mismatched. And maybe if I'm like if I'm feeling positive, I'm telling myself because it's Army's five-year window thing, and we're just in year one, and he's got to keep tinkering and transforming, and then we're going to be a speed exciting team, and we're going to be good. But I don't know if I believe that. I just think this is that we have the team we have. Um, I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm worried about the team long term still. I, I'm excited about making the playoffs. Yeah, we're, we'll But I still feel like we're going to get dirt roaded by whoever we play. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. And then it's kind of like, and then I still feel like, well, then we've got the off season and we need changes. Mm. Also, like Mike Hoffman, not for nothing, he's probably going to walk and he's a real important player to this team. Yeah, without Mike Hoffman, this team's not in the playoffs. Yeah, and James Schwartz, oh boy, he's not. He's not a real important player to this team. 
His goal suppression numbers, though, Stephen, I think, is what people will quote to you. He's, Some sort of far Yeah, stat. suppressing goals for both teams. <laughs> He's really good at making He's, sure no scoring happens. It's like a, <laughs> the hockey equivalent of a condom. Uh, but, um, I just, I don't know. Anyway. I'm glad we're in the playoffs, but there's still a lot to be learned and discussed about this team. We lost uh, to the to the to the Wild. Um, also, this is three overtime, you know, three late game collapses in in four games um, or five games. That's you know obviously very worrisome. Um, I don't know. It just feels like. I'm not very convinced on the Blues being, you know, super great or anything. What are your thoughts? I've been talking a lot. I've talked yeah. a lot on this two-hour podcast. Yeah, man. I think that I think all the Wilson stuff drained me. Um, anything can happen in the playoffs, and we will ride with this team, ride or die, um, and we're gonna die. And. It just, I don't know, They show me some gumption, show up in the playoffs, show me what you got, but there's a reason everyone talks about Colorado and Vegas being like the juggernauts in this division, mm. and in this, I don't know, we're, they're not, conferences don't really exist this year, but you know, in this conference, in this half of the league, um, because they just are, and we've shown we can beat the Wild, and we can beat Colorado, and we can beat... Vegas, but consistently in a seven game series where it's just you playing them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we did. I mean, right. So we did a lot of our winning in the cup run from a lot of like just kind of attrition. I mean, we looked really good too. Don't get me wrong. Everyone was clicking, but we just had guys banging bodies over and over and over again. I mean, shit. The Sharks just, like, were paper mache by game five and six. We won that almost purely because they, like, couldn't ice anyone anymore. Um, And that's a valid strategy, and it obviously worked. But we don't have that anymore. And I I feel like Craig Bruby knows that at a certain level, but he doesn't really have the strategy to implement whatever we need for this team to win consistently. So I'm a little afraid it's going to be like, hey guys, we got to play physical, we got to get in deep. And it's like, yeah, it's the playoffs, you need to make some hits. But we aren't going to wear anybody down anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have, I get Jay Bowmeister wasn't a huge hitter, but you don't have Jay Bowmeister, you don't have Joel Edmondson, you don't have these guys. You don't have Oscar Sundquist who played a pretty big physical role. It just, what? I can't imagine us wearing down who, Vegas. What? What is the identity of this team? What would you say we excel at? <laughs> what would you say it is that you do here? <laughs> exactly. Not gonna not gonna not gonna work here anymore. Yeah, sure. not gonna be in the but like you playoffs. know you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. It's not it's not scoring goals. I've heard people literally say, like, well this team's more offensively minded. That's interesting because they're We're in the, the worst bottom of that. Yeah, they're like the bottom third of the league in actual goals scored. So I don't think so. Yeah, it just it just feels like it feels to it feels to me this this is the honest truth. Oh, it no. feels to me like we're in a division that has four really bad teams and four three really good teams and us. Mm-hmm. 
And next year we're going to be in a division that still has those three really good teams, has the best of the four really bad teams, and has three other teams, one of two of whom probably are going to make the playoffs this year, one of whom has been overperforming, and the other of whom has been severely underperforming considering that they were in the Stanley Cup final last year. Oh, Dallas is just a write-off. I think with health. For and one that, season, you mean like yeah. they'll be back? Yeah, yeah I agree. state falling apart for two or three weeks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's totally right off. And like, so you're going into a harder division next year. Not to mention that you're going to play everyone, presumably, again. Yeah. And I, I worry that if we don't change anything, especially if Mike Hoffman walks... We're going to be in for like a real rude awakening. And maybe that's good because next year's draft is real solid. But like, or two, you know, year from now, whatever. But like. Well, yeah, because we, what? Oh, I guess there's wild card stuff. I forgot all about that. But we are not top three in next year's division. I mean, obviously we're not above the Avalanche. We're probably not above the Wild anymore. And we're probably not above Winnipeg either. Because they're mm-hmm. like, whatever, third or something up in the Canadian division. So we're in fourth, and now we got to play for a wild card spot, which is somewhat favorable given who's in the Pacific, who we'd be up against in the rest of the Western Conference. But still, you're a wild card team at best. And I don't know. There's something to be said about being a favorite going into the playoffs. Like anything can happen. But when was the last time, like, a team that shouldn't have been there at all? Um, made it, or you know, made it real deep in the playoffs, right? Like you could say, what the Kings when they were the eighth seed and they won the cup, I think it was, but they were like hot as hell to get all the way to that seed mm. and to that point. So it's like it's a little different. I just think sometimes when you are barely scraping in the playoffs, people will say anything can happen. I'm like, yeah, anything can happen, and we could beat someone in the first round. That would right. be fun, I mean, but like, I'm, it's not anything going to happen. You win the cup when you are a mediocre team. Remember when Columbus upset Tampa two years ago yeah. and then didn't go any further? <laughs> then ran into a team and that then, wasn't fucking around? Yeah. Yeah. And that upsetting of Tampa also required a Kucherov suspension and like an yeah. insane comeback in game one or something. Or I like, mean, that would be my most optimistic look. For the Blues, like, hey, you take Vegas to seven games, you beat them, all right. Oh, now you got to play, let's just say, Colorado. Okay, now you're boned. How, I mean, could you possibly, you can't possibly, we get, we're a distant fourth in favoritism in the, in this division. And I honestly think, I, I mean, I think we. I don't think we'll be an easy out. I think we'll be a tough matchup. Hmm. But like the way Vegas was a tough or Winnipeg was a tough matchup for us the year we won the cup. Like it wasn't a hard series, but then you look back on it and you're like, man, we kind of ran over them, you know? Yeah, man. I don't know. It's I might just be clouded from all my pessimism, but I have a really hard time... <laughs> and the Moderna. ...envisioning this team. I have Competing. a hard time... Yeah, like, I just don't see how we give Vegas, like, a, a run for their money. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's either it's either going to be 
close-ish, or it's just going to be them. I'm not going to say they're like in a 4-0 us and every game's like 5 nothing. It's just going to be like every, I bet you every game's close, Steven. I bet you every game's close, and it's a five five game, you know, mm-hmm. gentleman sweep or whatever. It's just... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So negative. I want to be. I want to be better. <laughs> Maybe they play Vegas like, tomorrow and they look really good. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think that changes. I know. I, know. I just. That's the problem with these next four games. Is I just don't care anymore. I just right. want to get to the playoffs now. And I almost don't care about that because I feel like I know the outcome. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's which is fine. Like I, I realize we're kind of being the negative fans right now, and it's very cool that they made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good for the franchise. Um, We're rooting for it. It's better than not making the playoffs. We certainly, if they win the cup this year, I'm not going to be angry. Um, But it does, it's just a little like, it feels a little bit like putting a fresh coat of paint, you know, on a wall that's crumbling and being like, yeah, it's fixed. It's like, you know, I just think fundamentally the team is not in a great place and... I certainly don't want the playoffs to be like a distraction from that. I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, oh, we didn't know we were bad, you know? And that's where I worry a little bit. Because if we'd, if we'd done the seven game and then we didn't do the trade deadline and then we just sucked and missed the playoffs, then I'd know that we were like, okay, heads have to roll. But like now it's like, oh, you made the playoffs and I don't want it to be like, oh, well, they had a competitive series against Vegas and Vegas is... One of the best teams in the league, so we're right there in the thick of it. And it's just like, nah, guys. What's I mean? Right now, we're giving Money Puck's giving us a nineteen point three percent chance to make the playoffs, which is the by far the lowest of any playoff team. Oh, to win the cup? Of or sorry, to make the second round. Excuse oh, okay. me. Um, the Winnipeg, for example, has a 36.4% chance. Nashville has a 32.3% chance, and they're the lowest besides us. And we've got 193 Yeah, I mean, I just think the underlying numbers... I mean, watching the team alone, you should be able to see that they're not good enough, but even all the underlying numbers are just like they're not... They're not there. It's, it's going to be a Vancouver... It's going to be first-round Vancouver again, and I think that's what I would point to to say, hey... Obviously, this team needs changes, even though they made the playoffs. Because, look, last year they didn't do it, and they had technically a better team. This year, a worse team, surprisingly, still can't do it. Yeah. So it's like you have to do something to get out of the first round. You're starting to turn back into one and done. Right, and I think for me, and you know, again, we sound pessimistic. I think, honestly, the cup sort of changed the math for me. Hmm. I don't care about first round exits now. Right. It's like I don't care uh, about second round exits. And it's I don't think they're gonna win a cup every year. It's not I'm not insane. Yeah, but you wanna but like, see them. I wanna the be right in the direction. hunt. Yeah, yeah. Especially as long as I still think it's like that generation of the team. Yeah. You know, if they if they go all the way down and they do a rebuild and then then I'll be like freaking psyched the first time they make it back to the playoffs yeah i'll be right back there in it but like as long as we're kind of saying well this is still the cup team in one way or another it's like okay and then go out and (laughs) compete for cups you know and and if you don't then it's a little disappointing and again it just there's the defense to me is like that's the heart the core of it like our offense isn't good enough yeah. But that's 
always been true. <laughs> I mean, have we, we've never had an offense that you were like, holy crap. You yeah, know, right. like, we've, at best, at our best, we've had an offense that could perform on the power play and looked, you know, fine at even strength and did enough to complement a really strong defense. Right yeah. now, our defense isn't terrible, but it's, it's just, it feels misshapen. It's just like, who is the backbone yeah. of the defense? Who's stepping up? Is Colton Pareko a number one defenseman? Is Justin Balk? Is Tori Krug? It just feels like very weird. And then you've got guys who have a lot of talent, like Vince Dunn, and when he's healthy against Scott Perunovich. But of all people, I trust Craig Berube not to use those guys well enough, you know, by the least. And like, um,. It's just, that's always been the identity of the Blues under Doug Armstrong is, hey, they've got a phenomenal defense. And now the defense feels like the first thing that you're kind of like, uh-oh, I don't know what's going on there. And again, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not as good as it was when we had Jay Bowmeister and Alex Petrangelo and Joel Edmondson. Yeah. Now we don't have those guys. And overall, Tory Krug and Justin Falk are probably better at the at everything across the board than Joe, Jay Bowmeister or Joel Edmondson, but they don't fit the bigger puzzle as well. Yeah. And that's what, to me, it's like, do we, are we building something? And I think that's the big question. Doug Armstrong, are, is he building something and he and he has the box for the puzzle so he knows what the final picture looks like and i'm just seeing the pieces come together on the table and i'm like i don't know man what's this even gonna be or does he not know what he's doing you know and he's just trying to like he had a cup team and then he thought he could just do the cup team and then he went and got justin falk for some reason because he was like worried about petrangelo leaving but then, like, that cemented Petrangelo leaving instead of just giving a no-movement clause. And then, like, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, but then, like, what's your team? You know? And yeah, that's... I think it's the latter. I mean, I just changed my mind this season, Doug. But it feels like we don't have a picture and we're kind of grasping at straws. Because mm-hmm. it kind of, again, we can point to the whole, um, I want to keep the core together. These guys deserve it. You know, they they've treated us well now we gotta treat them well mm-hmm. and then the chorus piece of your core you like but not you sorry right. alex um and then what's even weirder we are, is like by the way um hold on sorry like 10th from the bottom in expected goal percentage at even strength yeah which is it's just we're not good <laughs> we're really not good Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I just, if we don't sign Schwartz, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But please stop with the whole core thing. Because if that guy's not part, if that, you don't want to treat that guy as part of your core and reward him, even though he's been here longer than anyone other than Tarasenko at this point, uh-huh. then then I'd never want to hear, I then it's just over. Like, it's already over. The whole cup thing, like, the whole, it's, we've still got cup players. We do, but it's a whole different team. It's over because Petrangelo's gone. I think that, I mean, to me, that's, he was the core. Yeah. So there's no core. 
It's not a core. It's there's not a core there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like on a twenty-three man roster, you know, you've got seven guys gone, and you're gonna have more gone this summer. We're assuming, and it's just like we can't. You can't treat this team like it's like okay, but just one more run with that cup team. No, this is a whole different team, and really, they don't need to start over necessarily in the sense like they need to have a rebuild, maybe at some point, but like. They need to start over with the mindset of like what this team is. You can't say like, well, they did it before. Like that team did. That's like honestly, that's like pointing at the, the um, I don't know, twenty sixteen Penguins at this point and comparing them to us as if somehow they're the same team. Like, well, mm-hmm. they did it, so we, so that means we came. Like that's a whole different team. That means it's nothing. Point at the twenty nineteen Blues. It's crazy to think only two years ago, but it's a different team completely, and it's just you can't. You can't rest on that anymore. I can't. I can't hear that argument anymore. That these guys did it, so they they understand. Um, we are last in the league in expected goals for. Mm-hmm. We are last in the league. I ran through a lot of these, so I got to figure out all the things I've <laughs> skipped through. We are last in the league in unblocked shots for. We are. Um, Last in the league in high danger shots for tied with Chicago. We are second to last in medium danger shots for. And we're not that far from the bottom in low danger shots for. And that to me is also coaching. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know yeah, we yeah. talk I know they've talked about Baruby wants them to look for the perfect shot. Well, they're not taking any shots though. Yeah. Well, that's what's so crazy is like this season has been... But then we're also... We're like 10th from the bottom in hits. Yeah. Has and like this... we're... We're middle of the pack, maybe a little above in block shots. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, So we don't have any idea. Well, let's just say from the eye test, right? This team has been very boring. Uh-huh. Right? Like from yeah. what you've watched this season, you weren't like, man, blues, 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 right? Am I wrong? No. Like, I feel like I've... There's been large stretches of this year where I've been like, yeah, I'm going to put the game on. And then I put it on, I'm just like, I'm I'm, I'm out of it, man. Yeah. Just like, cool. There's never, there have been almost no games that I've been glued to. Like, right. I've got to watch this. And I get some of that can be just being like, we're playing Anaheim again. You're like, whoop-de-doo. I get that. And, there, and no fans, yada, yada. But there's mm. just been some where I'm just like, man, I can't be bothered right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the numbers that you're, saying there speak to that it's like a, a team's gonna be boring as hell to watch when they don't put shots on that there's no they're not generating scoring chances yeah maybe that changes in the playoffs but it's not like it's tighter shit tightens up even more dude what are they gonna vegas isn't gonna open it up um it's just yeah i don't know i'm i'm excited they're in the playoffs i hope we get to see something fun i'm not overly optimistic that we will but and again like you said i just hope that front office realizes that a playoff berth is not uh the goal and i and i would think they do anyway steven did you know that baruby said costin might be available for the last game of the regular season oh, he might be available wow. and people are excited and i gotta tell you i'm excited too but don't be and not a, not a rip on costin but it's like who cares yeah I'm sure he'll see some ice time when well, like, someone goes down with an injury. I do care because I think our team needs him. Like he, if I don't, I'm not the biggest Clem Costin believer. 
but the team's bad. The offense is worse. Yeah, try anything. We need to see what he has. And it's kind of like next year, if I kind of think either way with him, like he just needs a guaranteed roster spot. And kind of like Kyrou was this year, we just have to see what we have in him. And Kyrou's been one of our best players this year. So I'm glad we went that way. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I just, I hope I'm wrong. But it feels like we're just going to lose in five or six games in the playoffs, and then we're going to pretend that it was a good season. You know? Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't that good a season. And that's the thing to me where it's like your expectations should be higher if you were just, you know, winning playoff series and, and stuff and winning the cup and all that kind of thing. Are we, are we going to put an X next to our name on Twitter now that we've clinched the playoffs? Do we have to? Don't do it. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> I'm, the, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of them and I'm like, good job. Tony X supporting. has an X next to his name. At the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was reading a tweet. Someone said, We will also be getting Dunn and Krug back, so defense will be even better. And of course, we'll have uh, Tarasenko back, and that'll bolster the offense even more. Bolster it even more. <laughs> also, Tarasenko wasn't scoring goals. So, uh, it's a zero. It's a zero for me. It's a, uh, it's a zero. Yeah. <laughs> um,. I'm I'm oddly excited for this team because I I kind of just want us to to have a real gut check in the playoffs so everyone go oh I see and then we can make them moves um, I don't know what them moves are but I'd like to see them I would love Gabriel <laughs> but I know it's not gonna happen but that'd be so dope. I want a new Bacchus. Give me Gabriel Landis. Well, like, you know, he's a guy who's not. Yeah. He's got skill, too. I don't know if his. I don't know how his physical, like, he'll hold up, but in terms of being healthy, but. Will he suck with no, like, McKinnon or Rotten? Is it like a little. Yeah. He needs that soup, and then, you know, now he's over in a different soup. Yeah, probably. He's like. You mix soups. He's like a leak, you know? And it's like a leak. Really needs to be in the right context. <laughs> you would never put a leak in chicken and wild rice soup, for example, because mm-hmm. that'd just be weird. So you keep it in the right soup, and it's great. But if you bring it to this whole new soup, and you're like, "Why is this leak in my soup?" What what kind of soup should a leak be in? I have no idea. I barely know what a leak is. <laughs> he barely knows soup. There's leak soup, apparently. Was, Potato leak soup. Leak there soup. we go. Potato leak soup. Man. So that's there. You I won't... gotta tell you, folks, soup is a, soup is a non-starter Why is for me. There's so many types of it. I'm the opposite soup. of Tarasenko. The soup is not a meal. It's it's a side. It's and not a very good one. I'll be a, my mother is a sweet human being, but there's a couple times where she'd be like, "Soup's for dinner," and I, as a 14 year old, remember being like, "This will not stand. <laughs> I am hungry. I am I a growing like... boy. I will not just have soup." I know. I will like there's no soup for me. There's even like genres of food where I'm like, that's a lunch. That's not like even bread code generally, I'm like, that's not for dinner time, that's for yeah. lunch time, you know? But what about, soup... what about breakfast for dinner? What about brinner? Oh, I'll do brinner. Okay. 
But even with Brenner, I feel like I'm never like fully. Brenner, there's a difference though. You have some eggs and maybe bacon and like sausage yeah. and whatever. A mashed mashed potatoes. What we're talking about hash browns. But what if someone gave you a pancake? I'm, I don't even dislike pancakes, but they're like, well, this is a breakfast food. Would you have it for dinner? I'm like, no. I'm not <laughs> eating a fucking pancake for dinner, you savage. Yeah. This is what keeps us separated from the animals. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Now I want to eat a pancake for dinner. Just yeah, to, I could go for some French toast for sure. Um, so anyway, I'm glad, like, like we've said many times, I'm glad they're in the playoffs. I want to see what they can do. But if they get a first round exit, don't be satisfied. Demand more from the Blues. Demand that they be better. Be best, Blues. Be best. Build be- back better. See, I can I can make fun of both political sides. <laughs> Build back better than this and be a better team. Be best. I've been saying for years that Melania Trump and Joe Biden need to, you know, join forces, and they've finally done it on this podcast. I've reached across the aisle. Uh. And, you know, we'll see. Let's look at that. Let's take a look at the remaining schedule. The Blues obviously play Vegas tomorrow night. And then they play the Kings. And then Minnesota back-to-back on Wednesday, Thursday. And then they're in the playoffs. And that's fun. And I'm glad. And then it'll be over. And then it'll be better. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. You'll be in Hawaii. Yeah. It'll be great. Watching these games at four in the afternoon. That'll be fun. That'll be a weird experience. Or like five or yeah. whatever it is if they're out in Vegas. Oh, well, to be fair, they'll start our games at ten and then it'll yeah. be like six for you. It'll still. be like a regular game yeah. for me. <laughs> You'll be the tweeting all night. Complaining about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited and glad that they're there. Uh, it would have been better than just a, a piss pour into the season. <laughs> but they've got a lot to prove to me before I'm real, really on the bandwagon again. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of me. That's where I'm at. Any thoughts that that's, you have that you'd like to finish That's also with? me. Um, I don't know. Ruby said, guys did a good job. We found a way to get a point, and that's all we needed. Yep. That's... Uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of those tweets a lot of those quotes where it's like you're just you're in the dance and that's all you need right and it's yeah. like no. i mean yeah you do need to be also, in the playoffs but i also don't like even o'reilly had quotes like well our goal at the start of the season is to make the playoffs and it's like but like not barely right? <laughs> and the goal is seriously to win the fucking cup but even that like i, I would even give them space for that but it's like yeah. shouldn't you assume you're a playoff team especially in this division you know, like, that's a problem. If, if you're really saying, like, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, you should be aiming cup. But, like, if you're really saying playoffs only is, like, that's our bottom line goal. It's like, yeah, but shouldn't you aim higher? So, anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying so hard. Hey, we forgot to mention that we were uh, we went viral this week. Oh, we're that's the right, most that's viral right. podcast uh, in the world. Get yourself tested because we've gone viral. Against <laughs> <laughs> the coronavirus. I don't know what I, there was something I wanted to say, but it's all gone now. Um, don't you have a sponsor you'd like to mention? <laughs> oh yeah, my pillow. <laughs> I want to mention my pillow, not not the company, but my own pillow. Yeah. Um, 
It's quite, it's quite comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got you got it at Target. It's real nice. I bought it at Target. <laughs> real nice. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, would you buy a bed in the mail when uh, those people are like, you know, like cast for mattress and they're like, oh, Ian, that bed behind you is a mail mattress. And do you like it? It's not even classy enough to be a caster. I'm going to be real honest with you. It's like an Amazon mail mattress. And I'm going to be honest with you. I love it. It's great. My bet's done. Not my bet's, my no. bet's over. Not for me. Uh, also, I was going to say, people that order mattresses online are fucking psychopaths. Well, you're fine. Well, I get it. I would. I feel that way a little bit. Stephen, you didn't you didn't think about how it might feel. Now, granted, I don't want to go to a mattress store because those are fronts for the mob. There's way too many. How yeah. many times are people going out to get mattresses? Really? Yeah. Really? There's like a mattress direct at like every corner. I'm like, uh, I've seen people's mattresses. They ain't, they ain't changing them every two years, baby. Yeah. You should though, because they collect so much sweat. Oh, I have had the same mattress on our <laughs> guest bedroom bed now that was my old bed from like college until last year or whatever Uh and i sleep on it diagonally because i'm a tall person and even though it's a what is it queen no it's a little full i can like my feet still come off the edge Uh a little bit so diagonal anyways are you sleeping on your guest mattress a lot of times no i'm just saying like that's how i've slept on (laughs) it when i used to sleep on it Uh and now because i've had it for like 10 years or whatever yeah it's like there's like a person there if you try and sleep any other way you're like (laughs) why is there a little bit of a canyon here we've had guests over and they don't like it that's and i told them i'm not gonna buy you a new mattress because you're only over here every other month this is for guests you loser um you don't like it go sleep on the floor with the dogs yeah even they got beds that they like i don't know where i'm going i'm over it's over folks uh i do my my dear oh, no. my dear sweet mother has purchased purchased for me several years ago an actual my pillow, and it's like now I feel like my pillow is a political statement. Just don't, like just don't go telling people you got a my pillow. Well, I just told the world. Think uh, of all the new people listening to this podcast now that we're on Twitter. <laughs> now that we're for the first now that we're time. finally on Twitter. <laughs> All right, folks, it's too late, and this podcast has been too long. We didn't get to do our power rankings of uh, fast food restaurants. That'll have to be next quick, podcast. Quick, what's your... Okay, then if we want to save it, then I don't want to ruin it. Quick, what's the most overrated food place in Kirksville? Oh, in Kirksville? Ooh. You can save it too. I don't want to bury this at the end of this no, three-hour no, 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 podcast. No, 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 I just, I just need to, I need to think. I need to, I want to give it. This is g- a test for the people to see if they made it to the end, Stephen. First of all, Pallyeyes it was the most overrated in its own eyes. It thought it was a big deal, but I never met a lot of students who were like, "Hell yeah, I gotta go to Pallyeyes," you know. Um, so they were one. I'm trying to think. Of what the others would have been. Um, I loved uh, the La Pachanga, the Mexican restaurant, so I can't say that one. I guess it kind of was Pancake City. Pancake City. Because it was like a cultural institution, but it was also just Uncle Bill's, you know? Yeah. 
I'll think about it. I'll chew on okay. it, and if I have a better answer next week, we'll bring it back around. But okay. The people need the the people need the uh, podcast content. I'll tell you this: the most overrated dining hall by a mile was Mo Hall. I don't, it was tiny, it was cramped. I don't know why anybody ever ate in there. Uh, but you know, did, did you guys have Taco Tuesdays? I think so. So like they, had, I think by dent of existing, everyone has a taco. Well, they had like a hall that was open super late at night on Tuesdays and just like had tacos. Oh, we didn't have that. There. I don't yeah, think. they were garbage. I do, they were garbage. Maybe we had uh, finals treats where they'd had to do that sort of thing, but with like sweet, terrible for you stuff <laughs> during have, finals. Finals treats, monster energy drinks. Yeah, well, it'd be like donuts that you could decorate for yourself, where it was just like a brick of like flour. You know those cake donuts, which are, like, not good? Nothing's more disappointing than those dense fucking donuts. And it was those and, like, the lowest quality. No! But then you could put it in hot icing and put sprinkles on it and convince yourself that it was a cool treat because you made it yourself. But the the kind of macabre thing I most remember about uh, finals night, about finals sweet treats or whatever they were called, was the night... That America got Osama bin Laden. You remember that? That I was do. like I do remember that. That was like that was the weirdest night because everybody was like, "Yeah, we killed a dude." <laughs> right. But like, I remember like walking across t- campus and people were like cheering and like whooping and everybody was having a grand old time and I was like, "What is happening?" Every here? time I hear "party in the USA," I will remember oh Osama my bin God. Laden's death. <laughs> It's like the unofficial song. Oh, that's such a, it's the unofficial anthem of killing us. <laughs> they were playing it outside the White House. People were like outside the gate <laughs> playing it, and they had it on like CNN. And everybody like, I remember thinking too. I'm like, of course, of course, we should kill Osama on a thousand percent. But also, this is wacky. This is kind of wacky. America needs like a new bad guy. We do. That's we how really we solve do. all this country's problems. We're gonna stop being at each other's throat if we get Osama bin Laden too. Osama Bam Laden. <laughs> no, yeah, that's Viva La Bam. We're out of here. Uh, you have made it to the end of a two and a half hour podcast. Without intro or outro yet, who knows how long it'll be. Uh, folks, we love you. We adore you. And we'll talk to you real soon. Good night.